like to see. Please. <laughs> For the love of God. Uh, repeat the question you asked me just before we I, hit record. I, I asked you, have you seen the weird David Lynch skit where he eats a fan's pants? Right. Now... <laughs> Do you know what happens now, right? I ask for context, uh, and, and I regret the decision. Now I have to pull up the clip. That's 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 what we do. You, you, uh, that's what we do. And when you say skit, like award-winning director David Lynch, hello. Well, with David Lynch, you never know, do you? You never really David, know. There is a ten-minute black and white film of him talking to a monkey on Netflix. Lynch, yeah. I think it might be longer than 10 minutes, actually. It, it's not that long, but yeah. It felt it. I remember watching it on your recommendation to be like, why? But also, it's David Lynch, so yeah. This idea oh, here we go. Sorry. I eat someone's I trouser. So here he is. Here he is. This is David Lynch eats panties. This idea was born. So here we go. I would try to pronounce WMM's full username. So this is coming up from his... With Cinema lovers' panties in my mouth. So here we go. This being dedicated to WMM. Look how gleefully he is. Um, okay, yep, yep, there's a camera zooming in on David Lynch, who's great. As this lady out of shot. He's just watching her. Beautiful cinema, he says. Thank you very much. They're still warm. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. Matter of fact, cinema. Okay, and now, the deal is, I'm going to put these panties... In my mouth. Well, they're clearly in not her, but they look massive. Like massive pink name. pants. Are you ready? Oh, he's put them in his mouth, folks. <laughs> oh, he's still stuffing them. He's going the whole hog. <laughs> ah, he's trying not to laugh. He's counting down with his fingers. And he's extracting the panties. There you go, WMM. You saw it here first. And um, thank you very much, Cinema, for taking part in this. These are, I'm going to keep these panties, if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> what possible context? I do not know. I do not know, but that just pops into my head when we were talking about Cinema. Welcome to the Big Damn Cast. Welcome to the Big Damn Cast. Nerdy news, geeky gossip. This, this is cinema. This is cinema. <laughs> Anyone who's clicked on this as their first episode from the thumbnail on the title is like, the hell am I doing? This is cinema. What you're doing is you're hitching oh, yourself to a wagon me. as the wagon's about to jump off a fucking bridge. Hello! Hi! I'm uh, Christopher... Um, uh, uh, unnamed Arkham Prisoner Johnson. And I am Vengeance. <gasps> well, Vengeance. Uh, <laughs> you ready to talk about the Batman in a little while? With your panties in my mouth. With my panties <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> 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 we, 
We're going to be, we're gonna be reviewing Batman this week. Uh, okay. We're going to be doing it spoiler free, and then Here we're we going to go. go spoilers deep. Uh, but before before that, we've got a bunch of emails. We've not been able to get to these for a while. We just because the show's been been running a little longer than we planned. Yeah, but we're we... going to get to them now. So apologies if you sent an email in the last few weeks. We've not got to it. Um, we just don't care. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a lie. Um, <laughs> it's a partial lie. It's a partial lie. <laughs> he cares. Um, so. So you don't have to. So you don't have to. Well, I don't have to, yeah. I'm, I'm your Clara. You are my Clara. Um, you're, you're exactly what he needed to be from week to week. Uh, so so we've got a couple in from um, from Jack. Oh, let's, let's meet them. Um, come oh, on, we're on, on an email. Okay. From Jack. Hey, so Jack. We're going to go through hey. these ones. Hey, hey, hey Jack. And, um, hey, Jack. One after the other. Says, so Jack says, Hello, my big damn boy. Is Jack a fruit fly? Uh, well, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shows you how long we've not gotten to emails from. This one came in on the 16th of January. Ah, uh, my favourite date. Welcome to 2022. Yes. You've got, you got to let the email mature. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, that builds the flavour. Um, <laughs> 2020 has lasted two years longer than expected. I can mm-hmm. wait for it to be bigger, dammer, and boyer. Oh. Uh, <coughs> me and the girlfriend are finally going to see Time Fracture this weekend. Hopefully, no apocalyptic shenanigans will get in the way for the fifth time. Oh my god, we'll that aged badly. Mm. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll see, we'll see. Oh god. Oh, oh, but in reference to Time Fracture, if it being the, the was it the fifth time? Yeah. So that'll be because of the shutdowns and yeah, it sporadically exactly. throughout last year. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Did you see uh earlier this week he was doing the rounds on the social medias, um Sophie Aldred went to Time Fracture for the first time. I didn't see that. Not only did they know she was attending, her lanyard was uh had a picture of her on it. It was a VIP unit lanyard, and oh. the name on it was Dorothy Gale McShane. Oh, that's very good. That's super freaking cute. Love that. I like love, that. love, love. Love, love. Oh, love, love. Oh, big. Oh, oh good. Um, anywho. Yes, we got that. In other news... If you're I... into BBC radio comedy from the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, that was a multiple reference yeah. for you. In other news... <laughs> I watched Encanto, hey. and my jingo is it good? I've still not seen it. Uh, we watched it several <laughs> times, and each time is still refreshing. It indeed mm. slaps. It does slap. It is pretty damn great. I only wish there was more, but from my understanding, it tanked box office-wise. So who knows what the future might hold for this amazing piece of media? Uh, I think one and done. I, I, I say that as someone who really adores it. Don't think we need more than one <laughs> Encanto. No, I think a lot of those movies are made... like Frozen and Wreck-It Ralph have been fucking with everyone. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's now like... Oh, this, this, there needs to be a sequel. Excuse me, I mean, where were you lot for the Rescuers Down Under? Um, <laughs> the only at that point sequel in the Walt Disney Pictures canon, and what some might say the best. I mean, it's Frozen Two, the Rescuers Down Under, and Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, so it's the best. Yeah, I mean, Frozen Two's alright. Frozen Two's very good. I don't care for Frozen. I quite like, Frozen but it doesn't 2. have Joanna the Lizard in it. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a really good impression. I, oh, God. <laughs> In other news, me and the good lady also watched Eternals and Doolittle. One of them was good. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? Um, so, <laughs> Sorry, that's Robert Downey Jr.'s lawyer on the line. In other, <laughs> other news... 
In other 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 news, is it <laughs> okay? Tom Holland's lawyer. <laughs> is it okay to skip straight from the mind of evil to the sea devils? Are there are there essential stories in between? No, it's not all right to skip from the mind of evil to the to the sea devils. But we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, oh god, no! Don't skip anything from series uh, series nine. Cheerio, my dears, and may your cackles on unhinged joker-like laughter haunt my neighbours' dreams for many more casts to pod. So, Jack, eight, no, man. do not skip stuff between. Well, you can skip Colony in Space if you really need to. Like, of of the that's, of, that's season eight, right? Yeah, of season I, eight, that's the weakest one. I mm, put it on and put it on in the background while you're cooking, and don't read into it because. Yeah. What makes that one more effective? Like Earthshock, not knowing what happens in that one makes for a much more pleasant surprise viewing. It, it, it's got like three episodes worth of plot stretched out over six. Yeah, but there's there's a little, like, this doesn't ruin it per se, but there's a little kind of twist in it where you go, oh shit, that only really works if you don't know what it's about. But how can you not know what it's about at this point? Because of the tangential knowledge of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like Earthshock, the DVD. Yeah. A Cybermen all over it. It's known Cyberman. as a Cyberman story. Everyone when knows you watch that, it, yeah. When you watch it, like, I, well, here's the thing: when we when we watched it for our marathon, uh, I always tried if I if I, it was a story I knew and I I knew that like there were some nice surprises in it. I always tried to make sure Lou never saw the cover, yeah, or the menu. Like I'd have it lined up, ready to watch when we were watching tea or uh, having tea or whatever. Yeah, so it'd be paused at the start of the title sequence. So for Earthshock, she didn't know what story it was. She didn't know the significance. End of episode one, cliffhanger with the side man. She was like, oh, Silver Boys. And same with Colony in Space. We watched Colony in Space. She didn't know what was in it, who was in it, how it goes. So, you know, when that development happened, she was like, of course. It was like, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. Background viewing. Background viewing. However, the claws of Axos and oh, the demons yes. are both fucking stone cold classics. Oh yeah, God, don't skip those. Don't skip those. Um, monster. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to skip out. Uh, Reverend Magister. Curse of Peladon is mostly pretty good. Season nine. Yeah, I saw it for the Harun, f- Harun, Harun, Harun. I saw it for the first time, like the mighty Agador, last week. And really? Was like, yeah, this is pretty good. But I wasn't in love with it. What's it with like, that shriveled up skull face dude what in the tank? What is with that shriveled up skull face dude in the tank? What's up with... I mean, Alpha Centauri is just a sweetheart, but yeah. really irritating. Um, That's alright. Someone else tries to out-irritate Alpha Centauri's voice at the end of series 11. Oh yeah, with Monster. No, oh no, not in Paladon. Um, um, just annoying voice-wise. The great one. Oh, yeah. Priest with a great one. Yeah, the great one. It's been a long time since I watched Planet of the Spiders. <laughs> I'll get around to it soon. Um, uh, what else comes between that and Cedars? Oh, other what's, stuff. What's the first one? Oh, Day of the Daleks. Oh, Jesus. Day of the yes. Daleks is really good. Watch, watch the Doctor and Joe doss around for an episode drinking someone else's yeah. wine and eating cheese. It's great. Yes. Day of the Daleks is pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. The, op- the opening gambit of it is great. Again, if you were just binging them without looking yeah, at the titles... Yeah. In fact, if Dalek wasn't in the title, that first episode is a proper creepy ghost yeah, story. It's, it's right. really cool. Um, um, and then it devolves into a, oh no, it's politics and space. <laughs> but, you know, especially if you're watching the, the DVD special edition or the, the Britbox version, which has got the new effects and the extra action scenes. Uh, Nicholas Briggs dubs yeah. and dubbing. And, oh yeah, because uh, the Dalek voices in the original TV version are, are not great. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it'd been a while, they've forgotten how to do it. 
Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, right, the Dalek. Yeah, yeah, with the Daleks. Um, oh no, it's the Doctor. Harun, oh, Harun, Harun. Harun. Oh, um, now. But yeah, uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't matter by this point because you already watched it. <laughs> You're probably up to a fucking time flight by now. Indeed. Don't watch that. Um, <laughs> so following on one. from that, in February, Jack First got. Give me the heat Jack got. Jack got. Jack sent us another one. This is called stalling for time. I've got it. I'm just don't want to talk. This is called stalling for freedom. Freedom. Uh, hello, you beautiful man. Singular. So it's clearly talking to me. It's aiming at um, you. God lots to it. cover in this email. Firstly, late correspondence on time fracture. Here we go. Hey. Basically, you definitely need to go twice, as it's a bit confusing. But my first time was great. <laughs> well, that makes one of us. Uh, it was, was it great? Got you too, my dear. Was it great? Got you too, my dear. What? Was it? Was it great? Got you too, my dear. What? There was one moment when I genuinely felt like I was in a Docky Who. Oh, that's nice. And it was the intermission. Which, which Docky Who did you ask their permission first? Mm. Outside of that was one appearance from a character who shall go. I hope you watched that before you put it in there, my dear chap. So... Outside of that was one appearance from a character who shall go unnamed, but they've been in a marketing a lot recently, but I had no clue. I shot myself with fear and Docky delight. I think I know who that is based on the fact that Time Fracture is not coming to an end shortly, but it's obviously in that whole, hey, if you haven't come, come on down now, and they're revealing a little bit more about the characters you encounter. Okay. One of which, and Jack can let us know on Twitter or whatever if this is the one, one of which is a, a chair-bound character. Who oh, that cunt, yeah. May or may um, not have eyes. Yeah, that one. That, one. <laughs> that old chestnut. Uh, yeah, second. It looks more like a walnut, really. Second. Yeah. Second. Yeah. The Book of Mando Fett had its conclusion. <laughs> oh boy, was it a hail fire of action figure bashing badassery. Yes. It's true. I didn't think that in the marketing for this show it should have made it more clear that this was more of a Mandalorian spin-off show, uh, a season 2.5, if you will. Uh, yeah, which I, I was yeah, happy I agree. I, I, was agree. Hit, I was here for that. I'll call it Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett. Around, yeah. Because then uh, everyone would go, oh, it's a miniseries set after the Mandalorian. However, yeah. we can now all say the immortal phrase, Boba Fett, where? Um, <laughs> there. There on the stair. Right there. A little clone with a hat on. I have almost finished Immaculate Archive... Immaculate teeth. I have almost finished Archive 81, and by Christ am I loving it. It's more twisty and turnout than my earphones after having been hastily shoved in my coat pocket. <laughs> I've not watched any more Archive 81. Or listen to any more Archive 81 for that matter. I, need to, I do need to catch up. Have you watched Cobra Kai? <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that delivery. I was sceptical, but it's surprisingly good for the kind of show it is. Yeah, I've heard pretty good things about Cobra Kai. Like, the karate is apparently awful, but it's quite funny. <laughs> is all um, of it available on Netflix now? I believe so. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a go. Because I think, I think when um, it moved to Netflix, I couldn't recall. I think I was confused. I, was so I was like, is the Rice first series up, still yeah. on YouTube Premium? And I don't think so. I, is it um, weird that it was born on YouTube Red slash Premium? And then Netflix went, yeah, I saw that, Will. We'll give you a bigger budget. Come over here. Yeah. They went, yeah, all right, bye, YouTube. Lastly, in Doctor Who news, Doctor Who. Who. Me and the missus have watched the first third of The Mind of Evil, and it's much better than 13-year-old me remembers it being. Yeah. Well, yeah, fair. Um, it, I like The Mind of Evil. Um, it's engaging, and Mr. Pertwee is stellar as usual. I hope this isn't another four-part story stretched to six. I think it's better than most because of the tension of the, the prison stuff. But anyway. Um, Plus the fact that the Master's like, 
rooted into a plan. It's yeah. quite creepy that they arrive, and it's yeah. like, oh, he's already been here for a while and has set stuff up. Mm. Yeah. Plus Roger Delgado. Yes. Just, just Roger, Roger Delgado. Delgado. Um, <laughs> feel free to delve into if it is. I may have watched it by the time of podding. Also, if so, can I skip an episode? No. Um, no. Nope. You have to watch it all. No skipping. Don't skip nine. Season nine. Season nine. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Season nine. Uh, this one comes in from... Dan 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 what happens at 300? I know you won't say it, but please let us know you're not finishing. We're not finishing the podcast at 300. Don't worry. No. We're not We're not ending it at 300. Or um, are we? Or are we? Are we? No. Well, no, you, we're not. You've got two more weeks. Yeah. You can be patient. We're not. Two more weeks and you'll we're not find out. At 300. Hush your um, tiny bean We're carrying on. We should have done the countdown from five. I think some people are probably going, what the fuck is going on? Whereas instead it'll be like, all right, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's what's all this about? Change, my dear. And it seems at a moment too soon. That's right. We can announce that Colin Baker is the new presenter. From his Dream Bacon helicopter. Um, (laughs) Colin Baker's Dream Bacon. I know, I know Morbius will be terrible, but finishing the podcast to avoid discussing it seems like overkill. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah. funny you say that. Well, I, mm, put it this way. Uh, you wait two weeks, but you probably won't be getting a Morbius review when no. it comes out. <laughs> no. Not when it comes out. No. No. In time, my dear. <laughs> mm. Unless we're feeling particularly sadistic or we just decide to take to an iPhone. <laughs> it's possible. Um, well, it depends. It's out in April now, isn't it? Uh, first of April. I'll be in Lincoln. Do I really want to subject myself on the first day of rehearsals to going, well, that was a great first day, everybody. Instead of bonding over a pint and getting to know each other a little better, let's go, let's go watch Morbius. <laughs> um, my April's going to be a little full, so... <laughs> Yes. Watch this space. Um, <laughs> you, oh, I see. You're doing this so you don't have to watch more. Yeah, this is true. This That's is true. Uh, whilst I'm here, I thought I'd let you know and hopefully plug that I've started my own podcast with my mate Max called Jazz Lasagna. That's right. a fantastic name. Can we just repeat that name out loud into the microphone for everyone? Because it's a free plug and it is a fantastic name. Jazz Lasagna. Ooh. Jazz as in the genre. Yes. Lasagna as in the food. The delicious microwave meal classic <laughs> if you don't know how to spell jazz or lasagna fuck you <laughs> that's jazz j-a-double-z lasagna l-a-s-a-g-n-e lasagna uh, we're going to have a few series branch out where we start with the concept I'm particularly proud of phytography phytography yeah. Uh, oh, there we go. I was um, like, is he is he reading the paragraph ahead and gearing himself up no. for an info dump, or is he about to burp and then you burped? <laughs> but also, basically, each week we take an actor, choose a number of their roles from across their career, and put them into a battle royale and discuss how that all goes down. That leads us to chatting shit about some wild pairings, like 
John Wick versus the Tumbleweed Sage for Keanu Reeves. Or Todd Rivers versus Jackie Daytona for Matt Berry. And yes, Laszlo has his own entry because Jackie Daytona is not Laszlo. He is, of course, a regular human bartender. I'd love for you boys and indeed any listeners who fancy it to check out the pod and let us know your thoughts as you were a big inspiration for me at the start one in the first place. That's very sweet of you. It's available on Spotify and YouTube. Search Jazz Lasagna or Phytography and you should find us. Otherwise, you can use the link on our Twitter at Jazz underscore Lasagna. That's at Jazz underscore Lasagna. There's four, episodes available. Name. Uh, there's four episodes available at the time of writing, possibly more by the time you read this, depending on when that is. That's a good question. Stay happy and healthy, boys. And remember, don't quit at 300. Morbius isn't worth it. <laughs> We're not quitting at 300. There we go. What if we did a Morbius review anyway, but we just reviewed the brain of Morbius? I don't hate it. Yeah, it'd be pretty good, right? I could watch the brain of Morbius again. But I've got a while to go for there, I'm going to watch through, so... Um, Jazz lasagna. I'm doing the I'm doing the um, the UK gold run, so I've got to wait until it comes around in a couple of weeks' time. You see? Oh, they're they going out at the moment on on the channel. No. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> UK gold isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> I'm watching it on Britbox. But it's like it's UK gold, isn't it? Is UK um, gold gone? I know there's UK TV players and apps. Uh, like... I don't know if it's gone. It doesn't have Doctor Who anymore either way. Hmm. Uh, does Horror Channel have Doctor Who now? They, they did for a time. Yeah, I remember seeing adverts for that when I was away last year, and, and mm. those with me. Dan Horror Channel, Stepmom which is and, mostly and, sci-fi. And, yeah, <laughs> I don't watch it. I don't watch it on live TV to know what's on anymore. I just put dis- I just put discs in or go on Disney Plus. I don't think I've actually, watched that. That'll do. I don't think I've actually got my TV set up to watch live TV. Wow. I don't think I've actually got it plugged into an Welcome area. Welcome to 2022, everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this... I, bought, I bought an air extension last week for the new TV. Oh yeah. So we have the option. Stepped out today was like, have you not got Sky or Virgin? And they went, no, Freeview. And he said, why don't you get them? And I said, because I'm paying the same amount in streaming services and I use them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Instead of channel surfing and going, no, no, no. I go, oh, what's the McHugh? Yeah, go on, let's watch that. I don't care for eating. I know it's the, I know it's the 1988 blob. I don't care for eating. Do you know what? That's not on any streaming service at the minute. I've really had a craving to finally get my eyes around it for the first time since I saw it on Telebobs years ago. And... The cheapest version I can find is a German export uh, imported DVD. Uh, no, I say it's out of print. Uh, I think Arrow did one fairly <gasps> recently. I'm probably gonna have to go to a physical store. Aren't yeah, I? yeah. I'm gonna have to go on HMV and have a little gander. Ooh. Let me have a quick look. Let me quick. Let me quickly search. No, we'll do it after. We'll do it after. We'll do it after. We'll do it after. But it is worth it. The Blob, 1988, the remake. One of yeah. those remakes where you go, actually, yeah, this is better than the original. It is better than the original. Which you know, if you've seen the original, The Blob isn't hard. I satisfied um, my craving that night by watching the uh, Red Light Media review episode about oh, The yeah. Blob, which yeah, is yeah. lovely because they, they break down like all where they go really scary in depth. They figure out like what shots are actually like from the alleyways in that small town. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. And which ones are the alleyways are set. And it's a miniature for forced perspective. Yeah. But it's an exact recreation of the street across from the alleyway in the small town of Abbeville where it was shot. And it's like, oh my God, Frank Darabont fucking... Mm. Because he co-wrote it. Yeah. Did he direct it as well? No, Chuck Russell directed it. Chuck Russell directed it. But yeah, it's just... Oh, that whole... Mm, oh. Mm. Oh, mm. the practical effects. Oh. 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 Don't oh. oh. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> this one comes in from Ian. Ian um, the Fable Dirty Ian uh, oh, says, oh no fuck that Naughty Ian um, Oh no yeah no that's him That's him. I'm trying to watch two films I've never seen each week So I would like a nice menagerie of your favourite films Or must watch movies Or obscure movies more people need to watch please so just Thank like a you selection. Your sugars Ian Should we chuck in 
three each, and then that's three weeks worth of viewing he's got. Stuff that people might not have seen that they should see. Yeah. Because mine are probably going to be really obvious, because everyone knows what my favourite movies are, because they listen to this podcast, and what movies I like. Uh, so stuff that people <laughs> might not have <laughs> they, seen. They are The Thing, a DVD copy of The Godfather, but when you open the case, it's got The Thing inside. <laughs> <laughs> and the 2011 remake uh, slash prequel of The Thing, but oh no, you accidentally ordered the original. Better watch it again, oh, I suppose. I suppose. Um... <laughs> There we go. Go on, go on, um, chuck, go on chuck, chuck, chuck a film out. I'll chuck a film out. Let's see, let's see if we can create a pairing that doesn't quite work. Uh, so, this one is actually fairly recent, and one of the more high, pro- more one of the higher profile sort of like foreign genre movies from the last decade. But I feel like people still might not have seen it, and that is Raw, mm. uh, which is a French movie. Yeah, this is this is a horror, by... right? Just to... Yes, yes. This just to tee him up for that one, because yeah. imagine if he went in going, "Oh, artsy." It's not. <laughs> oh, um, cannabis. This um, is baby. Willow baby. Willow baby. Sugar baby. It's a. Jesus H. Christ. It's a twenty sixteen French film, uh, <laughs> written and directed by Julia Ducournau, uh, about a young. Uh, woman who starts veterinary school and she's a very strict vegetarian along with the rest of her family but is forced to eat meat as part of a hazing ritual and it awakens something inside her mm-hmm. and an urge a loss of course because it is french it's very psychosexual yeah and it goes to some interesting places and is generally a great also like uncomfortable like good like creepy it's not, it's not creepy it's not like a scary horror movie but it is unsettling um, and was well worth your time so you should check it out okay okay good shout uh, my my first one is Shallow Grave okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 Danny Boyle like early Danny Boyle Kerry Fox Christopher Eccleston Ewan McGregor um to say much about it is to kind of ruin what makes it wonderful and morbid, but it's a black mm. comedy. Um, it's very kind of paranoid and uncomfortable um, mm. and just features three really good actors being directed by a really good director who's like finding his feet and flexing his muscles. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor looks like an actual baby. Oh, um, bless him. Chris Freckleston in Round Spectacles looks like Where's Wally just jumped out of the book and tried to dress like a normal person. Mm. Uh, it's really good. Shallow Grave. It's a, it's a black comedy. Uh, it's set in Edinburgh. So there you go. Enjoy that. <laughs> well, I'm going to go uh, completely the other way to another uh, very uncomfortable watch. Oh, God, there's that the theme. Yeah. Go very on. Uncomfortable watches. Um, this is... <laughs> we might have talked about this in the podcast before. It's it's not like a super obscure movie, but I feel like it's a lot, one a lot of people haven't seen. Uh, it's from uh, director and writer S. Craig Zala, who people may know from uh, such... <laughs> such fair as Brawl in Cell Block 99 and... Dragged across concrete, you know. You know, those family favourites. Uh, this is uh, 2015's Bone Tomahawk. Oh, with, shit! Uh, yeah, okay. With Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Wilson. Um, Patrick Fox, Wilson. Richard Jenkins, Elise Simmons, 
David Arquette pops up in this. Uh, oh, he has to pop up somewhere. Yeah, well, the late Sid Haig, things like that. Um, <gasps> oh, God, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Bone Tomahawk is a western in which a woman is kidnapped by, well, what what appears <laughs> for what people assume to be a tribe of Native Americans, but is actually something much, much worse. And her injured husband, not injured when she was abducted, just coincidentally injured and not fully healed yet, mm. uh, which of course leads to all sorts of interesting problems, um, along, with a bu- along with the sheriff and a bunch of townsfolk, head out to rescue her. Things don't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Bone Tomahawk is a literal title. Um, Do not watch it on a... If you're of a sensitive disposition. Do not watch it on a plane. Do not watch it in the rain. You would not be able to watch Bone Tomahawk on a plane. It would not pass their censorship standards. On a boat. Do not watch it in your coat. I mean, you can if it's like a cold day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's sending me fucking messages now? Sam I am. Green the eggs and ham. Put me phone on silent. <clears throat> My god. Uh keeping things nice and uncomfortable. Um Shane Meadows 2004 fucking blunt trauma attack on your own senses. Uh Dead Man's Shoes starring Paddy Considine. Um Dead Man's Shoes is a deeply deeply upsetting revenge thriller. Uh, that is so low-key and so clearly utilising the most minimal on-location flats, streets, ginnels, very, very small cast. Um, Paddy Considine plays uh, an ex-military fellow who's clearly very troubled, who comes back from some time away to find out that his younger brother uh, has been seemingly like what's happened is he's been killed by this gang that were kind of looking after him a little bit these people who are genuinely right wrong guns and like the people in the area that are selling this pushing that mm-hmm. and he just shows up one day in his zipped up mac and his dirty gas mask and declares that he's going to come after each and every one of them um your normal revenge fantasy movies up to this point are things like commando or whatever it's like you know blazing a trail of destruction or it's, from, or it's from the point of view of a villain it. like Theatre of Blood where it's like all the people who wronged them are taken out in you know more uh, unique and frightening ways. Mm. Um, whereas this is the movie where the guy taking out the revenge is absolutely meant to be the protagonist. Mm. But no one in this is a good person. It is really uncomfortable and it's held together by Paddy Considine's central performance. He is so, so, so good. Um, he is very good and I love it because I first watched it around 2006 2007 and then saw Hot Fuzz so him as one of the Andes really made me piss myself because <laughs> yeah. the whole thing be like you were, you were terrifying in the last thing yeah. I watched and now you're suddenly going to be like don't give me a twat now um, <laughs> go on your third your third um, for, for Ian's for Ian's third double bill in a row shit <laughs> it's a tricky one because I'm just trying to wrap my brain for like obscure stuff one might not have seen. Um, right. You got this, fam. I believe in you. Here we go. So, it's a bit of a wide, of a wide swing. But, if you are 
you know familiar and comfortable with the sort of dated nature of old school Doctor Who, then something that I think you kind of owe it to the genre to watch, particularly the um, the the sort of British sci-fi, is you need to watch quite a mass. Oh, which one? And I think the best <clears throat> one, for my money, is the nineteen sixty-seven Hammer horror version of Quatermass and the Pit, starring um, Andrew Kidd as the titular professor, along with Julian Glover, Barbara Shelley, James Donald, you know, some uh, some sixties uh, some sixties standards. Um, Quite a mass in the pit. The a ancient alien, presumably alien, uh, ship is unearthed uh, while construction is taking place on a new tube station in the London Underground, and titular professor Quatermass comes and checks it out and realizes that all may not be as it seems. Shit's and going down. Funnily enough, um, the this sort of crashed object seems to start exuding a sinister influence on the people around it and that starts to spread further and further out and things start to get worse and worse and worse um yeah it was on Britbox it looks like it's gone off now um but it should still be fairly straightforward to get hold of very um, influential like that that, that adaptation like, in particular is uh, yes big reason why things like Doctor Who sort of did quite well because yes. the genre genre stuff at the time was led I mean Nigel Neal <clears throat> who created Quatermass and you know wrote both the original TV series versions and the Hammer Horror adaptations film adaptations mm-hmm. um, is massively influential on both the horror and science fiction genres particularly stuff that comes out of Britain so if you haven't seen any of those Quatermass stories, and believe me, uh, sorry, believe me, <laughs> the Andrew Kerr version of Quatermass has aged a lot better than the two black and white Brian Don Levy movies um, of Quatermass and Quatermass, t- Quatermass Experiment and Quatermass Two. Um, although those stories are still fairly interesting, um, then yeah, it, Quatermass in the Pit from '67. Is really cool, and particularly that the ending. Even though it's like super, effects are super dated, but there's just something very somber about it. Um, particularly the way it ends, which I find really compelling. Um, I say check it out if you if you if you if you can deal with you know sixties British special effects, then um, then check it out. Uh, and to round out your <clears throat> uh, grim and otherworldly uh, double bill season, Ian, my final recommendation to you is a story where a New York City cosmetologist, mistakenly thought to be a science teacher, is offered a job to teach the children of an Eastern European dictator. The King and I meets the classic French fairy tale uh, as Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton star in 1997's Beautician and the Beast. Um, that's a film that exists. What? I, I, want to, I want you to watch it. I want you to watch it and I want you to get Beautician back to us. Beautician and, and the, the Beast. Beast. Do you have this? We own Beautician and the Beast still, I think so. Let me look up that 
See, this is why I have all the things alphabetical because it's easier what? to find. Them. Yep, there it is. Next to uh, next to the 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 uh, being Frank documentary and uh, what? But, uh, what's what's that next to it? Batteries not included. Yeah, Beautician the Beast. Do you want to borrow it? <laughs> no, we're watching that on the next time we have a movie night. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! They want they want you. To fall in love with a character who is a dictator. It's a rom-com. That exists. What? What's blown my fucking mind? It's Timothy Dalton. You know what I mean? Just... Fran Drescher. Yeah, you're a dictator. I'm not really a science teacher. Let's fall in love. Here's the, here's the best part. The, uh, the common poster art for it. The 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 and the beast font is literally just ripped off from the Disney uh, animated movie uh, from a few years prior. It's really weird. It's really what weird. The fuck! It's so weird. It exists in theaters everywhere. No, February the fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Not only does it exist, you own a copy. How do you own a copy? Why do you own a copy? That wall of DVDs over there, sir, is not just my DVDs. You have to point that question at my wife. Why does she own a copy? She's a woman <laughs> of taste. Apparently not. Fuck me sideways. Um, I think that's, right. a bit, that's a big damn commentary way to Oh, <laughs> God. Beautician and the Beast. Um, <laughs> you started this episode by making me watch David Lynch eat panties. Um, <laughs> Sky's the limit, son. <laughs> uh, it, oh god so this final email comes in from George 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 where have you been with with the title Des Wigwam um, Des Wigwam greetings big damn lads I've been meaning to email in for at least four months and now that with the eternity clock da- counting down to episode 300 it's now or never <laughs> <laughs> the eternity clock. As the once regular no! emailer to you fine gentlemen, as lot has happened in my personal timeline since my last email, <laughs> my podcast is charting down to episode 200. Way! Hey, congratulations! I, f- I finally replaced my shitty MacBook for a decent PC to edit and stream on. I saw, slash, have thoughts on No Way Home and Doctor Who Flux. <laughs> and I guess most importantly, my girlfriend and I are engaged in expecting our first child. Hey! Congratulations. Well done. Um, yeah, congratulations. Uh, attached <laughs> below is my complete ranking of the films I devoured in 2021. Judge as you wish. Oh, All right. So this is a late best of rest of. Well, I'm going to go from bottom to top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's 25 movies on this list. At the very bottom, surprising no one, The Tomorrow War. Yeah. <clears throat> the voice of Garfield stars in a script that no one wanted, so here it is on Amazon. Did you see The Tomorrow War? I saw enough of the marketing to know that the unique sci-fi premise was a thing that'd be established and then just, that's it. Now, yeah. It's just an excuse, well, as as you, an excuse for shooting. Now. As soon as you think about it, it falls apart completely. Yeah, we've come back to get soldiers in the past. Why don't you come back and stop the thing from happening? Yeah. 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 Basically. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we can't do that. It's a paradox. It's a paradox if you take people from the past you're to fight a paradox. the future war. So. You're a fucking paradox. Um, <laughs> Army of Thieves? Yeah, never got around to that. The Black Widow. Yeah, I can see that being that low on this list. Um, Red Notice. Yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Alright. Which I think should be higher on this list, but hey, that's me. Uh, Army of the Dead. The Croods 2. <laughs> which is only one place below the true classic of last year, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> Vacation Friends? What the fuck is Vacation Friends? Oh, vacation friends. Oh, vacation friends. friends. Oh, did um, we just no? Oh. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, because um, even a broken clock is funny twice a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Eternals. Yeah, is that middle yeah, of the list? That's like that's that's sixteen out of twenty-five. All right. Okay. Um, nobody, which I still haven't seen. Bob Um yeah. Yes. Uh, Godzilla v Kong, which should be at the top of this list. You. <laughs> Philistine um, Ron's gone wrong what yeah <laughs> that completely I, I kept seeing posters but everyone was like what is what is this I, I, do you know what, what is I, this I think I just got confused by it because I'm sure it was on Netflix I don't and know and then it, it is. got a theatrical release I don't know what and it is I just was like wait what's happening and my brain died a little inside but then it yeah. might, I might be confusing it with Mitchell's uh, was it Mitchell's Mitchell's the machine. machine that is on Netflix which was on that's Netflix that's fantastic okay that's fantastic okay um Got a lot of free time this month suddenly, so I'll try yeah, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to fill your time, fill it with that. Uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, never, just completely couldn't care less. I like um, all of the leads. I have no reference Hit, to see Hitman's it. Bodyguard was fine. Like, it's fine. I have no rush to see another one. Um, I've realised that what's happening is Ryan Reynolds is becoming the action version of Jim Carrey in the 90s. Yeah. Well, there's a very specific character and genre that his films veer towards now. Um, and he is effortlessly charming and very funny, but it's a very similar sense of humour to all of the films. Yeah. So, and I can't say, and that's really boring, because, like, I like a lot of Jim Carrey stuff, and it's the exact same structure. Yeah. The difference is Jim Carrey stuff is magical or supernatural happenstance to person in more comedy rom com situation. Yeah. Whereas this is action-adventure movie with this goofball. Yeah. Because yeah. like I saw Free Guy last week and didn't hate it. Well, that's, that's something. Yeah. Um, so I think it was Wife's good, Bodyguard. but I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> above Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, we've got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, I really... I'm I, I, second I, viewing, I enjoyed that even more. I really dug that. I really dug it. Uh, Cruella at number 10. Oh, bless you. Um, bless you. I've not seen it. I've not seen so many of the, I've just not been keeping up with new releases. Like, I just... just. I saw Joker once. I don't have to watch it again. Hey! Um, Jungle Cruise. Which, again, I just didn't bother with. I haven't watched, and I kind of wanted to. Near the, near the original release date in, what, 2020? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to see that. Like, I like both of these leads in yeah. other things. Yeah. I, yeah, I should check this out. And I just never have. Isn't it weird that when you've got everything at your fingertips, you just can't be arsed? Yeah. Strange that, isn't it? That's, That's probably why I want to watch the blob. Yeah, you yeah, should, because it's fucking great. There's no easy way to get hold um, of it. <laughs> uh, I want to seek it out and watch it. Like of... New Mutants, when we had to watch that, and I was like, oh, it's not on any of the streaming services I've got. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> Well, yes, because we all had delicious pizza. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I mean, yeah. it's a hangout. Um, number eight, No Tinted Eye. 
Yeah. Um, I, you know, I can't wait to rewatch that. That's, that's like, I quite enjoyed it. It's that's long. One of the, one of the, it's like, fucking long. The two 4K Blu ray sets but, um, I own. So but I'll wait for the new telly and then I'll charge in. I like that it, it subverted a lot of the Bond tropes we expect. Mm. And mm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, number seven, Free Guy. Sure. You obviously had more fun with it than I did. I, 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 there's just something. I, I know people keep saying that. The, it, the marketing makes it look worse than it is, but the humour in the, in the trailers for me is just so obnoxious. There's a I lot more. Cannot. There's a lot more heart in the film than the yeah. trailers let on. Um, but if you are if you are a taught if you're into gaming, yeah, you can see how much the people who made the film love it. Yeah, but you can also see how much they felt like they've had to simplify things for a general audience to understand in a way that makes you go, "Then who is this for?" Yeah, like if you're having to if you're having to really really simplify how like online multiplayers yeah. work so that Joe public can understand it yeah. why are you making a movie about online multiplayers it, it's one of the, it, it, the impression I got from the trailers was is ready player one with dick jokes uh um, it's definitely much better than ready player one well but that's, that's because it has just a nice fee a nice vibe to it overall you come out with going either oh that was crap but it was all right I suppose yeah. or oh, that was fun whereas ready player one you come out of going wow they made an incel movie. Yeah. <laughs> this and, is really uh, weird. You know, Ryan Reynolds is going to be, is m- m- infinitely more charismatic than, what's his name? Ty. Ty Sheridan. Ter- Ty Sheridan? Yeah, is it Ty Sheridan? I think so. Yeah. I can't remember. Yes, we, we're getting confused because the other Ty in Hollywood is Ty Simpkins. But it's not, he's, it's not him. He's younger. Yes. He's he's the kid who shows up in uh, Tony's funeral in Endgame and everyone goes, who the fuck's that? Because <laughs> he looks like seven feet taller and 18 years older. Who? Did in uh, Iron Man three, um, number six, Luca, which I've still not seen. Again, um, yeah, one who just haven't pressed play. Um, number five, Tick Tick Boom, which you, again, again, I not seen. yes, oh, um, we are we are slacking. Well, that was you said. I'm not as much of a fan of Jonathan Larson and 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 Rent. Right, saying like I, I so, sort of I've like had my rent period. Yeah. If that makes sense, like I had that period of my teens. Where I was like, this is fucking great. I know, and is, now I can appreciate yeah. what it did culturally, and I can appreciate a lot of the songs. But story-wise, everything, it's fucking garbage. Yeah. It is garbage. It's As an actor, it's one of those where you go, that'd be a fun part to play. That'd be a fun part to play. It's garbage, but it'd be fun to do. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Oh, but I like Andrew Garfield a lot. And I like the I fact like that Lin-Manuel Miranda approached him and went, I think you'd be perfect for this. Can you sing? And he went, no, but when would you be going into pre-production? Yeah. He's like, in three months. And he was like, right. And then he just booked a load of singing lessons. Yeah, and lives. I was like, fair um, enough. <laughs> So he was like, ah, uh, yeah, I can't do, I can't do, it. I can't do this, so I can't be that role. Hang on, actually, get back to me in three months. And yeah. he came back and he's like, I can do it. And then my one round was just like, fucking yes, be in my movie. <laughs> um, Plus he's precious and must be protected at all costs. Yes. As a performer. Yes. He might be a scumbag, but doesn't seem to be. Do you remember when him and Emma Stone used to get papped all the time? Yeah. And what they would do, because they figured it out, they would carry on them, like, cardboard or paper in their bag. Yeah. And they would write out, like, websites for charities and organisations that needed financial support. Uh, so when they're good. walking down the street from, like, whatever the theatre one of them was in or whatever, and, and you know, from lunch, they just hold these things up near their faces. That's so that no matter what, the photos being used would have to include these, like, charity organisations. Seem like good people. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, number four, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, dug that way more than I thought it was going to and I still it really like it. It's very good. <laughs> very good, very nice. 
Very good, very nice. <laughs> Number three. Not uh, very good, but not very nice. Oh. The Suicide Squad. Oh. Can, I, can I be controversial? Yes. Best superhero movie of last year. Uh, Best comic book movie of last year. Yeah, all right. But I, I'm not going to fight you on that. Really enjoyed Shang-Chi. No Way Home was an absolute thrill. It, it was it was the Suicide Squad. No way him. No way no way Holmes. However, for George, number two was Spider Man No Way Home. Fair enough. I mean you're wrong, George. But fair <laughs> enough. And number one was yeah. last, last Night in Soho. Yeah, got it. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I've not watched it yet. Yeah. So Another movie night. Well double bill. Like like Last like, Night in Soho and Beautician and the Beast. Like a lot of Edgar Wright movies, it was a movie it was in theatres for about two seconds. Um, yes, it was so annoying. Oh, it was so annoying. It was like it was like two weekends that it was gone. It was like what? Mm. I, it's the second weekend. I want to see it. What do you mean? There's one showing today. Yeah, I know, right? Madness. Uh, so through all this, the big damn cast has been beating in my eardrums. <laughs> not the conception. No, not through lack of trying. Um, <laughs> Does it say that? Yes, George, you dirty bastard! You dirty bird! <laughs> um, a kid. <laughs> Akin to who the fuck is John Sims' master? Uh, congratulations on your ongoing endeavours, and here are the questions no one asked for. Yay! RTD2 is expected to be vastly different from, 20, from 05 to 10, but what would you like to see Russell do this time around? E.g. how many series, return of spin-offs, etc. Um, in all seriousness, I expect him to do, or I'd like, him to, I'd like to see him do exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. No more, no less. I have no preconceptions about what he's going to bring to the table I have no particular desires like I have no, nothing's on my wish list I just want him to make the show he wants to make because I think that's when he works the best uh, the only thing I'm hoping for is the the quality of messages and observations of the world we currently live in that we're in years and years uh, and it's a sin in particular yeah I hope he hasn't left them at the door. I hope not. I, I want them to be here. Like, Doctor Who is the show for that. As, as as a lot of Twitter keeps saying whenever they share clips from those two shows or from Cucumber or from a very yeah. English scandal, they always yep. say, Russell's writing Doctor Who again and he's angry. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I want to feel that in yeah. there. I want to feel... I do want to feel it I want to feel the Doctor and Co. Mm. tackling genuine injustices mm. that make you go, hang on, that actually fucking happens in real life. I oh, that's also, an allegory for this. I also want to feel the Doctor and Cole's tackle. Um, like, <laughs> the planet, like the whole planet, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. If not only brought us full circle, but completed the origin story for this spider. Where would you like to see the character go in future films slash trilogy now he is free from the shackles of Peter Parker? <laughs> Piotr Piocue. Uh I just want it to be bare bones. I want it to be street level. Uh, teaming up with Daredevil. Um, let's, see him Daredevil. Tackle, let's see him tackle Gargan. Yeah, like, you teased us, Gargan. Let's, let's, see let's, Gargan. let's, let's see get Gargan in a semi mech suit, turn him into Scorpion. Let's not do. Let's not do Venom. Yeah, like if you're gonna do Venom, um, earn it. Let's just not. Let's All just right. not do it. All right. Still time to you know. Still time to you know. Not. Um, All right. <laughs> we'll be remiss of me not to mention our Lord and Savior, Matt Berry, after Rank your favourite Matt Berry performances from your toast to your Dr. Sanchez. Hit me, boys. Okay. Oh, God. Um... Uh, so, stuff I've seen Matt Berry in, um, in order of um, stuff I haven't really seen properly to stuff I absolutely love. Uh, Year of the Rabbit, 
I've still only seen clips of it. It looks fine. Yeah, it it's fine. yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've still not. I've still yeah. never watched it, and and it looks him like, being it looks in it would be right up my alley. I just it looks like one of those things that might have taken off if he hadn't have got cast in what we do the shadows. Yeah, true. <laughs> like immediately after it came out. Um, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Just for the pronunciation of Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dark Place, Toast of Tinseltown, Toast of London. Uh, what are we doing in the channels? Um, that uh, in that order. Book of Boba Fett. I'm sure I've seen him in other things, but Book of Boba Fett. Uh, ADBC, which is a half hour long straight to TV movie for BBC Choice, BBC Three. Yeah. Which is a rock opera okay. in the style of Jesus Christ Superstar about the birth of Christ. Yeah, all right. And it's it's like it's your usual suspects from that period. It's like Berry, uh Julian Barrett, oh. Richard Ayoade, Matt Lucas. It's fucking great. And it's that first sign of him going, you know, oh I love the 70s. That's it. That's my cap on that I like. <laughs> this is my style. This and is it's like as far as I go. And it's pretending to be it's pretending to be from then. So it's yeah, shot and everything. Cool. ADBC. Um Mighty Boosh because he's Dixon Bainbridge in series one. Of course, uh, of. and he, and he shows up. Uh, he cameos in the live recording for the for the first big Mighty yeah. Boosh tour. Yeah. Normally, Robots in Disguise came on stage at the end of the band and like sort of said, "There's an after party or whatever is a thing," and they bring Howard a present, which turns out to be old Greg. Spoiler alert for a eighteen year old, uh, sixteen year old um, uh, d- uh, comedy, comedy tour. Show, yeah. tour. Yeah, it's on DVD. Go watch it. But in the DVD version, it's Dixon Bainbridge, Matt Berry reprising the role for one night only. And he has a great fucking delivery. Like, Howard invites him to Jazzercise. Like, you come to Jazzercise, that would be great. And he goes, he just sort of looks at him and goes, no, no. I once knew a man like you in Burma. I watched him hang. I made him hang. I could do the same for you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell as well, it's just, they've just said to him, just say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Julian Barrett, absolute expert, does not crack. No, no, no. But it's just that thing of like, they've obviously gone, here's an approximation of your costume from the series you were yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Just show up on stage and say whatever the yeah. fuck you want. Um, well, last thing with, with, you, you know Julian Barrett's a pro <laughs> keeping a straight face because you have to stop his nose from wrinkling every time he's driving all fielding. Um... <laughs> Julian Barrett is magical. And the two of them together are magical. But my God, just Julian... Oh, Julian Barrett's amazing. But Matt Berry, you know, the mutants. Terrible episode of The Mighty Boosh. Try saying that with the body of a snake and the balls of a chimp. Just <laughs> He just got some of the best... Just got some of the it best... It doesn't matter what you give him show. to say. It's always going to sound like he's got all the best lines. Um... I guess I guess I've got to put it on the list. IT crowd because oh, yeah, he does he does elevate the material massively. Oh wow, a gun! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not no offense to Matt Berry, he's not Chris Morris in series one. Chris Morris in series one is fucking peak mm. what the boss character can and should be in that show. But father goes down in history, obviously. Speak, priest. <laughs> the vibrating pants and everything. <laughs> um, Shut up! Get on your knees and fix my pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You computer man. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, fucking dark place. Dark place um, is just phenomenal. Sublime. Um, uh, uh, oh god, what else has he fucking done? Uh, 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 Toast of Tinseltown doesn't. It, I put it's it with. Not as good as Toast I put of it London, with Toast of London, good. but it's Toast of London's better than Toast yeah. of Tinseltown. Yeah. 
there's probably something else I'm forgetting. What we do in the shadows, but the absolute tippity fucking top for me from that very performance is no holds barred, never again mastered. Absolutely, my favorite thing he's ever done is Snuffbox, which is him and Rich. Yeah, Fincher. I have not, I've only seen bits of Snuffbox. Horrid, dark, uncomfortable six-episode sketch show for BBC Three that was broadcast once, put on a bollocks time, put it on a bollocks time slot, essentially killed it. And then several years later, they went, yeah. okay, this keeps getting pirated in UK universities and US colleges, so we're going to put it out on DVD. Yeah. And it's so good. If you love Toast of London, this is its progenitor. Like, this is the, <laughs> everything that you love about that is here with an 18 certificate and a funny American. Like, it's just, it's. it's Which you know so are hard good. to find. Yes. Well, well, you know, Rich Fulcher is beautiful. The funniest Americans are the ones who study law, give up join their mates in a comedy thing called The Mighty Boosh, yeah. hang around the UK for a bit, do some comedy, and then fuck off to America and work on things like Disenchanted and things mm-hmm. like that instead. Disenchantment. Um, Rich Fulcher's great. And Snuffbox is absolutely perfect. And yeah, it's, go watch that. Um, Matthew, what did we watch this weekend? Well, I watched a baby bird hatching. Did you? No, I watched The Batman with you. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to tell a lovely story about a baby bird hatching. No, I eat all my eggs. We, um, sat, we sat down in a cinema. Oh, God. We sat, down, we sat down in a cinema with lovely recliners. Lovely recliners. On a late on a Saturday night. Pretty a bunch of screen. chatting cunts. Oh, you. You and your good lady wife. Well, <laughs> me. me well, I was fine. Yeah. Keeks. Yeah. She got the full brunt of it. Absolutely fucking I could just douse. Hear, I just heard the odd. What was, what was the bit she described? Like, was was it the bit with the Riddler sort of... Oh, it was Catwoman. Yeah. It's like Zoe Kravitz was doing something and like one of them said, oh, that's Catwoman to the other like, one. No it's like, shit. oh, God's sake, yeah. It's not like she's been advertised as fucking credited as Catwoman fucking nutty. As the credits start rolling, um, they left. Lights went up after the credits. Nando's bags, trays, yeah. cutlery scattered all over where they'd been sat and in front of it. Fucking horrible. Utterly disgusting. Don't take Nando's into a cinema, you... Don't take hot food into a cinema that wasn't served up in the cinema. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, you should be taking in your hot cheese, your chicken dippers, pizza slices and hot dogs if it's one of those places. And And that's it. If you are are fucking uber-eating something before you come in, don't. No. Like, the the cinema we were in is like, yeah, help us out, leave your stuff by your seats. Yeah. They're like, because we don't have bins out in 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 the thing. So... If you get if you bring a bunch of fucking takeout in in a big bag, what do you do? Put everything back in fucking bag. Put yeah. the rubbish back in the fucking bag and just put the bag by your seat. Nice and neat. It so they comes, were, they it comes with there. a little bin. They were sat there for two hours and forty-seven minutes, surrounded by food, and and food cartons, and and just oh, what's wrong with them? Anyway, the Batman was fun. It's uh, two hours and forty-seven minutes long, though. That's se- the seven out of eight. eight. That's our review. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is what is great about the Batman? Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Um, we're going to spoilers very soon. What's great about the Batman? A lot, a lot of things. Uh, the cast, um, the, the fucking incredible casting across the board, in, yeah, yes. including the titular Batman, uh, yes. Robert Pattinson is great in this, playing um, the one role, the Batman. Yes, because there is no Bruce Wayne, there is the, I, and not in a Batman is the mission, Bruce Wayne is the face. As in, he hasn't decided if he should play a role in yeah. public yet. He is literally just Batman, and he's reclusive, and he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, and, people know Bruce Wayne is around. 
they, he's not a public figure in the same way he has been in other adaptations. He shows up to one public um, engagement in the movie and a cop was like, oh, hey, Mr. Wayne, hi. Yeah. Do people know, people know what he looks like? Because they're but, just surprised to yeah. see him. It's like, it'd, be like, it'd be like if you Hefner didn't party all the time yeah. and then went out, you'd be like, oh, shit, is that you Hefner? Yeah. Like, it's that same kind of thing, except, you know, he's not surrounded by ladies. It's like when he's, he's surrounded by his own fringe. It's like when you bump into Chris Eccleston in Heaton Park. <laughs> Those who live to tell the tale are the ones who put their muck rubbish back in the Nando's yeah. bag. Yeah, there we go. I hope Heaton uh, Park turns around and shits on your Nando's. <laughs> oh, love him. Uh, what love gift. that man. What a gift. Um, uh, yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Is, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. So incredible. Good. Selena Kyle. Slash, he's not a cult woman. Um, uh, Andy Serkis in his very brief time as Alfred. Could have yeah. been more Alfred, but like he was good. The version they've gone yeah. for and the story, that the relationship he and Bruce have is Serkis suits it. And I would like yes. to see. I would like to see the potentially eventual warmer relationship between the two of them that yes. this film kind of allows to yes. to be there. Um, uh, Jeffrey Wright as as Lieutenant Gordon. Great character with Patterson. Job. Yeah. The the two of them together, yeah. I could watch a whole movie just them deducing stuff. Yeah, really, really um, good. Freaking beautiful. Uh, 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 oh god, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell acting his balls off through six feet of prosthetics. An inexplicably large amount of prosthetics. Don't know why he needs to look like that. Do you know what's really weird about? We talked about it before of like he's a great actor. Yeah. Why Why are they doing that? Why not just cast? Someone more physically close to the role if you want to. Why not cast Richard Kind? <laughs> Thinks it's a very good point. But like, you know, like, why not just do that? But then you kind of watch what he's doing. And here's the thing, the film the film is grounded, but it's not completely settled in realism. If that makes any sense. Like it's it's this film is not pretending that, oh, this is how it would happen in real life, but it's also not like flexing itself too much into the realm of fantasy there are little hints of it being a little more fantastical one of those is the casting of colin farrell and the fact that it's a makeup movie monster makeup performance essentially Mm. um uh, he is phenomenal in this and it it really makes you go the fuck was jared leto thinking in house of gucci like like, like, (laughs) if you're gonna do this do it like farrell did where you play into the ridiculousness, Be but you also make sure that you and Farrell. the makeup and the makeup and costuming team and everybody are on the same page yeah. with what the character yeah, is. The reason why Oswald Cobblepot Penguin works in this isn't because Colin Farrell plays a funny part in prosthetics. It's because a whole team of people created a character. Oswald Cobblepot. <laughs> oh yeah, well he only refers himself in this as Oz, doesn't he? Yeah. He calls himself Oz and everyone refers to him as the Penguin. Um, and it's never explained why, but he wears an awful lot of black, white, and grey when he's not wearing like purple, a uh, sort of purple checkered blazer and a little bow tie. Mm-hmm. He's wearing like a lot of black, white, and grey. And at one point, he his his ankles and wrists are tied, and he chases after someone, and he's waddling. <laughs> it's like that's a fun little visual joke. It's very good. It's very um, good. And it's you know it's a, it's a movie with not a. Not, it's not a humorless movie, but it's not a movie with a ton of humour in it, it's, if that makes sense. It's, it's, so when it's moments like darkly that, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So when moments like that come along, you're like, ah, yeah, that's good. It, make, it makes those little those little nuggets better. Uh, Paul Dano as uh, the Riddler. Very. So good. Very creepy. Um, but, but undeniably the Riddler. Undeniably the Riddler. Like it, It's a Heath um, Ledger style 
wait, that can't be what they're doing. You watch it and go, no, that's absolutely that character. Yeah. That is that character. Yeah. Uh, filtered through a slightly more modern twist on the Riddler that other media has dipped a toe into, like the Batman the Telltale series or um, the Arkham games especially. Uh, there is a little more of the Jigsaw Killer in this Riddler's methods. There is a lot of the Zodiac Killer's style in his delivery. But this is undeniably Edward Nashton, because they've gone yeah. for the Nashton surname in this one. Um, yeah, I, Dano is incredible in this. He's absolutely incredible. And if you watch him at any point during the movie, like it seems Ben Shapiro did, and go, hey this guy's not a bad guy, he's got some mm. points, then you're the person, the movie is pastiching, and you need to think deep, more deeply about who you are and your soul. Um, uh, God, there's another casting thing I was going to point out on my brain. So, fucking John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. Oh, yeah! Because they go for Falcone, not Falcone in this one. Uh, which at first I was like, are they doing that just to differentiate it from other uh, American-Italian mobster names that are used in the film? And then I realised, no, there's a bit where the word Falcon mm. is used. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> which, which, you know, I, I'd forgotten that John Sturm was in this. I'd forgotten yeah. that Carmine Falcone was in this. When he turns up, I'm like, oh, neat! And then... Because, again, Carmine Falcone, character we've seen before. Like, yeah. he's been adapted before. Uh, he's obviously he's an primary antagonist in... the Seemingly, he's the antagonist in Batman Begins. Yes. Until you realise there's much more going on. Um, uh, whereas in this, he is... I mean, he's arguably the bad guy mm-hmm. in the movie, which the marketing hasn't really led on to. Uh, it's just sometimes the bad guys get terrorised by creepier, more puzzle-obsessed bad guys. I, I will say this. Um, the character choice and the aesthetic of this movie and the tone of this movie and it made me meant that when I went home that night, I went on to Comicsology, I checked if they were on sale and immediately bought Year One and Long Halloween and Dark Victory. So all three of which are very, th- their DNA's in this long Halloween da- most of all. Yeah, Dark Victory less so because um, you just want some more Catwoman in your life. Well, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's no spoiler to say that there's no Robin in this. Like no, anyone's expected a Robin in this. That being said, yeah. it's a world. The way the film ends, it's a world where I think you could get away with one. I, I think we're seeing think the first time where they're going to actually um, do it, um, which would be nice. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. Like, we've complained before about how lots of DC media and adaptations tend to focus on the exact same books, always. It's yes. always Death and Return of Superman. It's always Red Sun. And it's always um, Dark Knight Returns. Always Dark Returns, always Year One. Obviously, Batman Begins Year One is a big part of its basis. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight, the long Halloween elements of that are used in the Dark Knight. This one, absolutely. Where's it on its sleeve? The film opens on Halloween night in... Yeah. Presumably, 2021. With, with um, the narration in bits and drabs throughout, which is very revealed noir. to yeah. be... It's very noir. Mm. It's revealed to be Bruce writing in his journal. His, yeah. his, um, his, his war diary, his war journals. Yeah. Uh, Punisher style. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah. Well, year one style. So the film, with again, no spoilers, the film sees us two years into uh, Bruce Wayne's crusade as the Batman, a vigilante who operates at night and has, at this point, established enough of a reputation that criminals should be afraid. If yes. the bat signal shines in the sky, they need to be terrified. Well, he knows he can't be everywhere, so he's cultivated mm. the fear in the criminal community. That he that, could be Yeah, that he could anywhere. be anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, he's working uh, sort of cautiously alongside the GCPD, specifically Lieutenant 
James Gordon. Yeah, uh, not all the them. police departments on board. No, but they, they sort of... ally in Gordon. They see him as the consulting detective element yeah. enough that they're like, okay, fine, but you've got five minutes and then he's out of here. Yeah, there's one police character in this in particular who has a really neat sort of progression of their relationship yes, with Batman. Yes, that was really um, cool. Which I thought was really cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, you've got uh, that element to it. And then suddenly... Uh, the death of a prominent figure in Gotham's uh, political uh, community um, with a a message left to the Batman begins a string of similar attacks and, and murders um, yep. and messages that lead Batman and Gordon uh, onto a wild, wild goose chase trying to figure out all the clues ahead of the killer's next move. Meanwhile, some of the clues lead them into the underworld of Gotham and its organised crime in a more direct route where um, someone who works on the fringes of the criminals, Selina Kyle, played by Zoe Kravitz, uh, is also looking for answers to a, a, a mystery uh, surrounding um, yes. those who go to the Iceberg Lounge and its secret underground club, 44 Below. Yes. Um, uh, the, the hijinks ensue. This is a noir. This is, It's a noir movie. It's a Pe- thriller. Um, people going into this expecting, like, a, a you know non-stop action movie. There is some great action in this, like some really oh, cool. The action's phenomenal. Choreography, uh, the the car chase as seen in the trailer is probably the highlight yeah. set piece of the yeah. movie. But it is not an action film. No, like it is a it is a noir thriller. The closest Batman I can compare the closest Batman movie prior to this I can compare it to really is Batman eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's a moody character piece. Yeah. That whereas that one kind of reveled in camp and. And uh, gothic design and, and and horror movie tropes. Yeah. This one leans a lot more into thriller, noir, and a gothic flavour. Yeah, well, it, a lot of it was shot in Glasgow and Liverpool. Yeah, all the, ex- all those, the exteriors yeah. were pretty much there. And um, the, the, the interior design that they've done to match some of those exterior locations just gives it a very gothic feel. It does have... That Wayne same Tower sort is a perfect of, example. Yes. Like, the, yeah. Wayne, Wayne Manor exists, but they haven't lived there since Bruce before Bruce was yeah. like a child pretty yeah. much it was donated as an orphanage so it is visited we do visit Wayne Manor yeah. but his base of operations is the big gothic apartment at the top of Wayne Tower yeah um so you still get the feel of the manor you get that architecture that that creaky like oak tables and yeah. spiraled staircases um this is a gotham that is made up of old crooked buildings and grungy promises of a more modern yeah, uh, an exterior yeah. that never quite has been has never quite been finished. It's, it's like it's all trapped in the early eighties before things start to get renovated. Yeah, a bit more. it has a lot of the same feel. Like Batman eighty nine, it has that feel of of being that that one goes sort of out with, of time. We're kind of the thirties, maybe. Yeah. Whereas this one's like we're kind of the end of the seventies, maybe. Yeah. And and it's it, yeah it's 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 definitely set present day. That dates are mentioned. The wings die in 2001 and it was yeah. 20 years it's this story set 20 years after their murder so let's presume for a second that bruce is 32 so he was 12 when they died just yeah. that's just pulling out of my ass um i think never stayed i think he's like 28 could be late yeah like 29 so he's been the batman since he was about 26 27 oh no yeah no because he mentions that he mentions something about it being 18 years that he's been living with, like, living with, like, pain and stuff for, like, 18 years. So if he was oh, 10 when they died, then he's, like, 28. 
Well, hang on. If 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 he, was, if he means that, he might mean up until he started yeah. his crusade because yeah. he's been Batman for yeah, two years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, so but the, but yeah, the meme that's been doing the rounds on Twitter, which I like, is all right. What movie did they die uh, outside of in the alleyway? Everyone's going Shrek. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's what. That's right. <laughs> I decided I want the enemy to share my dread. But, I became Ogre Man. You know what I Man hope? of many layers. You know what I hope? <laughs> it throws onions at them. You what do you hope? hope it is? I hope we never find out. Me too. I hope we never, never... The death of the Waynes is see. mentioned, because of course or it happened. It's why he becomes Wayans. Batman. Yeah. Um, we learn that it may not have been a simple mugging. Yeah. Um, but that's all... That's, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's all we know. And... Um, yeah, uh, uh, his family's history is part of the storyline. Yeah. How am I a part of this? Like, the whole thing in the first trailer, little did we know, was setting up Yeah, the thingy. Um, no spoiler, last few thoughts. Uh, moody as fuck. Um, it's tense. Yeah. It's a little bit sexy. Yeah, um, a little bit sexy. I, I've been pining for a more fantastical Batman feature for a while. Like, even the Batman that's in the movies where they're fighting aliens and stuff. Yeah, And the yeah. DCU are too... He's just it too just sullen and grim right, for yeah. me. Oh, it's because of what's happened to that version of the character. I get that. We talked about this last week. We never saw what he mm. was like pre that, so I can't mm. understand that progression. Um, this Batman movie, and I, I posted like my little review on Twitter the other night that... I think kind of summed it up and a few friends have been in touch and who've not seen it yet and gone, okay, you've actually kind of swung me around a bit because they too had similar worries yeah. of it just being like, oh, broody moody. It is. Thing is, the movie is not a revenge fantasy. It's about how revenge fantasy is fucking stupid and futile and incredibly selfish. Yes. And eventually, you're going to have to figure out a way to do more. Uh, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. This movie ends on such a hopeful note that I don't mind that we went into more grim, dark territory for another film because they had a style, it had a voice, it knew what it wanted to say, and it ends in a way that goes, hey, don't worry about it. Next mm. time, we're going to have a bit more fun. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. got me. You got me, the Batman. I am intrigued. What about <laughs> you? What, 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 what's your um, overall vibe? It's too long. It is yeah, too long. there's there's, um, a, there's a point about the two hour mark where you go, are we not wrapping up? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a second third act. Although that means that <laughs> that second third act I did not see coming and was and fucking brilliant. It was yeah. great. Um, <laughs> so you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, it's not too long enough to for me to not recommend it. Um, it's about it's just a bit longer than the Dark Knight, isn't yeah. it? Um, but I think I feel that one moves at more of a barrel, like moves at a, a barrel at a pace. Yes, it, it takes that, its time. Yeah, um, and, and in a good way. Like it, it's got that mystery and that tension. I mean, the opening um, sequence oh, is so uncomfortable. It's a horror film. Oh yes, it's really scary. Oh yes, and it just um, lingers. Yeah. yeah, some really awesome performances, some really great sort of mood and setting work and atmosphere. I, I just. Yeah, the really the only really bad thing I have to say about it is that it's just a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, but enough happens where it's where when when you are getting to that point where you're like, okay, well, surely it's over, right? Where, where's the plot going now? Hmm. Then it gives you some it gives you somewhere to go, and you go, oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I really like it. I really, really like it. I think it's a really, really good take on the character. I think it is still sort of caught up in a lot of the the grounded, so again, year one, um, mm. Dark Knight ret- Returns. Like it's a, it's a unique story, but yeah. it, it obviously uses those as its... Like, th- that's the cookbook that yeah. it's referring to. Yeah. It, so it does feel a little more like I could do with a bit more fantastical Batman in this. But I can see that happening. Yeah, it, it, through, through some performances yeah. and some yeah. choices, especially yeah. in the third act. Yes. That you're like, okay, yeah. that's different. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I, I think it's a neat take on the mythos. I like that we come into a Batman already established and we don't have to do the whole origin thing again. It reminds me of Spider-Man Homecoming in that sense, where the movie trusts that just from pop cultural osmosis, people know enough about the sort of basics of Batman to not have to have it explained to them. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate that. I appreciate it. It feels like a movie that respects its audience's intelligence. Batman's Robin Hood by this point. Yeah. Batman's Dracula. Yeah. Batman's, people dare I who, say it, Jesus Christ. People, like, we know the story. People know who Batman is. People know why Batman is. People know... Where Batman? <laughs> <laughs> no, they think they know. Batman uh, well, yeah, because Batman could be could anywhere. Be anywhere. <laughs> um, just like <laughs> spoilers, um, spoilers, you little bastards. Get out of here if you anywhere. don't want spoilers. Past this point, anywhere. spoilers they could be are. everywhere. Spoilers start in three, two, one. Superman. I mean, Superman. I wasn't expecting oh, that. To be no. honest, you, you, um. Yeah. Wait, did you spoilers. not see the Superman set? That's when you went to the bathroom. Uh, 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 you know, Matt Reeves said this uh, week when someone said, would you do like an, any outer Batman cast yeah. of DC characters? Uh, and he went, I mean, maybe. He says, if the, if the story's in service of yeah, it, if they're yeah. in service of the story, absolutely. And they went, so would we ever see this Batman come up against like his version of Superman? And he went, I mean, I'm not saying no, but I think if he was, we'd have to establish that Superman was like the first fantastical thing in that world yeah uh, and I'm like oh that's cute that he thought about it also no don't do it <laughs> like DC have uh, DC and Warner Brothers have kind of fucked their shared universe experiment it. so continue with the ones that are in a shared universe let the Flash do what it's going to do to the continuity and let the Batman be its own separate thing yeah I mean ba- for fuck's sake this year alone we have four cinematic Batman We've got Robert Pattinson in the Batman. Yeah. We've got Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton in the Flash. Yeah. And we have got Keanu Reeves in DC League of Super Pets. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Which when uh, I saw that teaser trailer, I went, "I know this movie's dumb. I'll probably go and see it on my Odeon Limitless and have a decent enough time with it." Uh, uh, oh my god, he fits the voice of this version of Batman so well. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Um. I... After Nicolas Cage played him in Teen, uh, Teen Titans Go oh, to the Movies. Gosh. Sorry, no, Teen Titans, he played Superman. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was back... Oh, was it Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, I'll take it back. Point is... You know, they say that he devoured the set, and by set... Oh! I mean, by set, I mean the intern. The set dre- yeah, the set dresser. <laughs> um... <laughs> God. So, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. No, he didn't. He Don't eat his army hammer. It's just fantasies. Um, so, <laughs> leggy hammer. Yeah, I'm so what do you want to get into first? Well, oh, f- well, Riddler. 
Oh Jesus! That, Paul, that Sano, first yeah. really mm. creepy murder. It's, it's we just now the... finally know what that fucking accessory is in all the toys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking carpet. It's a carpet thing to chip up the carpet board at the yeah, edge of the carpet. It's a pusher. Oh my god! Um, and the fact that from scene one, yeah, that was in scene one, first crime scene, one yeah. of the first clues. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's not left there, but the shape of it—it's yeah. a very distinguishable shape—a rectangular pointed edge for a blunt instrument. Yeah. As soon as they find it at the apartment, Batman should be like, "Hang on, that's from the thingy. Why is it one of those? What is that?" And it's the fact that what I love is Batman doesn't immediately figure out these things. No. He's smart. Him and Gordon together are smarter. Yeah. They're still not quite Edward Nashton. No. And that's right. The Riddler yeah. should be. Just a little because bit ahead of everyone. He he is. Yeah. And in a way, he sort of wins. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Because ultimately as well, all he wants, really, was someone to like partner with. Yeah. And he gets that in a little yeah. tease for where the stories could go. So yeah. it's like, well, there you go. He won. He fucking destroys Gotham. He fucks everything up. He proves he's smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And he makes a friend. Yeah. There you go. So he gets everything he wants. You win, Riddler. But that opening scene, just the... the Tension as oh my god! So who's the mayor played by? Was that Rupert Penry Jones? Uh, let me bring <laughs> up my cast list. It took me fucking forever to re- to recognize <clears throat> Peter Sarsgaard in this. Um, to be fair, I don't think I'd ever seen him in somewhere where he, where he was shaved bald like yeah. he was for this. Yeah, exactly. Bald and bare faced. Um, even when he showed up at the premiere, I was like, "Wait, he's in this movie?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I've seen it, I was like, "Was oh. he Peter Sarsgaard? You're not in this movie. Don't lie to me, boy." Yeah, yeah, he was the DA, wasn't he? He was the DA, uh, Gil Gil Coulson. Uh, Coulson. Yeah. Um. Uh, <clears throat> um. P. No. Um. Yeah. Rupert Penry Jones. Rupert Penry Jones is the yeah, the mayor, yeah. and just that, because you don't spot. Uh, you don't spot. I was gonna say Nigma. You don't spot Nash yeah. at first, do you? Oh, and he's in the shot. It's wonderful. He's in the it's, shot. Yeah, you just don't it's see it. Wonderful. The, the sort of. The way they use that shadow, and he just stays so still mm. as is as the man's walking back and forth in front of him. It's really, really beautifully done, and you just know he's um, holding his breath. Like after you yeah. meet more of the characters, the film goes on, you know that he's terrified, yeah, and he's holding his breath, oh yeah, because he wants this to go right, and he's yeah. probably never killed a man before, no, and this is like his first stab at it, and he wants to get it right. Um, it's his but, first stab at it. Ironically, it's a bludgeon. Like that, cre- um, the, the, like the, the the creeps version of rear window opening. Yeah, like as well, just a yes. long binocular shot. Him watching everyone get like into position, which is then mirrored later on by Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, they're not too dissimilar, really. These two are they? Which again is the film subtly phoning ahead the fact that, yeah, actually, both orphans, both under the care of Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Um. Both had their lives completely destroyed by Thomas Wayne's death. Yeah. Uh, different reasons, obviously. Bruce, the grief of the death of his father and the loss of a parent, and and his, his, you know both his parents, uh, Eddie, because the orphanage was just fucking left to rot. Like yeah. the renewal project was stolen, money passed out elsewhere for the drug stuff that was going on with drops, which is nice. The film gives itself a a, a drug that is part of the universe. Yeah. It's got a distinct design, that green teardrop with a little scarecrow style face on it. Uh-huh. Um and that's obviously leaving the door open for like, can we do something with that later? Maybe. Maybe. Same with um same with the uh the, the shot of uh, adrenaline that Batman uses to Well, is it adrenaline? As, as, as Lou pointed out, she was like, is that 
Is that venom? It's green. It's green, and he just stabs it into his leg. I mean, obviously, in, in the, for the purpose of that scene, yeah, it's an adrenaline yeah, shot. Yeah, Batman's going out. He's, he's, he's wavering on consciousness. He's going to absolutely black out. Well, that's, that's Selena's going to be killed by this dude. He just stabs himself with adrenaline. And a little spot in his like combat yeah. trouser that's clearly created for him to do that. Yeah. So this is a failsafe that he's got. He's, yeah. got, he's got some adrenaline in his pouch. He'll slam it into his leg, roid himself out for a moment, and just like give him all the energy he needs well, that's another cool but it thing. is bright green so, it's like wait a minute the reason that, the reason, <laughs> wait a minute the reason that is fucked up in that scene so all mm. again another great take on Batman that we've not really seen for a while is yeah he's a good fighter but he's not he's not ducking and weaving he's fucking implacable he mm. walks into the gunfire this is a Batman to that has, show that he's bulletproof has learnt combat and how to fight oh yes how to fight the methods that criminals will use, mm-hmm. but this isn't a this isn't a ninja. No, this isn't a master of martial art. No, he's more of a he's more of a boxer, like in terms of his personal style. He does he's, have he's some like, martial like a, art. Yeah, there is like some a, martial art stuff in there. He's, he's agile. He can block. And, oh yeah, and but, reverse. But and he's very like much that, but... like everyone's aiming for his torso and his face. Yes, which is so, where he's so, got a shit ton of armor. Yeah, like, and uh, is this the first bulletproof Batman? Um, the Keaton Batman's bulletproof. Oh, he gets shot, but then he gets up, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But what's so, the... so, yeah, it's bulletproof vest logic, bulletproof, yeah. of like, oh, God, that hurt. Pretend to be dead. Pretend to be dead. They've turned around. Get up. That's, <laughs> it's like, oh, God. That's the great thing about like, about this is where he's... Whereas he's just bought you know, a shit in fucking well, shoulders yeah. and chest plate that defy bullets. You see him just tanking all the, all, all those gunshots and, and moving into him when it's small caliber fire, but then someone point-blank shoots him with a double-barrel shotgun and it's... Mm. Even through that armour, yeah. stuns him. Knocks him like, back. Knocks him right back. Do you know what was um, mi- all, the only thing that was missing? What's that? Fucking yellow outline around that bat. Yep. Make it the target. Yeah, make it the target. And um, but, but we do see him detach it. Yeah, and it, and it be you know a, a cutting that's, tool. That's the batter. The batter. Yeah, a cutting tool. Yeah, um, and it, and it's made from a gun. Yeah, and they don't say it, but if they're using Detective Comics one thousand, it's the gun that killed his parents. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Smith's short story. It's the gun that killed his mum and dad. And it's like fucking great. That's brilliant. Yeah. His mum and dad, who were still killed in, were still killed seemingly by a mugger in an alley. Yeah. never named, but Joe Chill, whatever. Yeah, but. It may have been an intentional hit. Yes. And the fact that we never find out for sure. And that we can't find out for sure. Because Carmine's dead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the fact they use Gotham's mobs uh, in this and they've decided, right, you all want the penguin. But we want to show the penguin working his way up the ladder. Yes, he's, he's, he's Falcone's lieutenant in this. Who, who are the other big players usually? Like Rupert uh, Thorne, Salvatore Moroni, yeah. Carmine Falcone, um, the Russian. Like, Yeah. Okay, we'll narrow it down. It's Maroney, but he's been and gone. Yeah. Falcone is now in charge. Because he ratted on Maroney. Maroney. Find out he ratted on Maroney. The Penguin is Falcone's right-hand man. Yeah. There we go. There you go. So when Falcone is taken down, Oswald assumes the mantle of yes. like head of organised crime in Gotham. The Iceberg Lounge becomes more than just a club business he owns to shelter the club where all the business is yeah. done. Um, and because of all the damage to Gotham with the flood and the bombing... Yeah. Big power vacuum for yeah. people to come in and, and set up shop. Yeah. Uh, could do with a few more ice 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 cube themed or coloured things in the we'll Iceberg Lounge. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but again, again, the Iceberg Lounge and 44 Below, great name for the club underneath it. Yeah. Is, it's, an, it's a noir location. Yeah. 
with modern sensibility. Yeah. It's the speakeasy with the speakeasy underneath, except now it's the nightclub in the industrial building with the nightclub, with the underneath. nightclub yeah. underneath. Um uh oh god, like oh, the noir comparisons, the voiceover, yeah. the uh the role with Selena. Selena's not yeah. the femme fatale who shows up to his office to be like, Oh, you must help me. I think my husband's been kidnapped and oh, you and I are going to have yeah. sexy time and oh, it turns out double cross. She was in on the insurance fraud the whole time or whatever. It's no, they are both on a vigilante mission yeah, and their interests collide and he kind of strong arms her a little bit to be like, you're going to work for me on this because mm. if you don't, you're going to have a really hard time well, finding your missing friend. He does say you're going to work with me on this. Yeah, but like, you know, it, it's yeah. very much a, I, I need this information. I yeah. can't get it. You're going to get it, because if you do, you'll have a better chance of finding your friend with my help of course, than on your own. Of course, this is after they have a really good scrap with some very cool fight choreography. Yeah, their brief scuffle's really and, cool. You know, because it shows off their different styles really nicely. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is a powerhouse she's for someone who is like amazing Tinkerbell this. proportions. Yeah. She's tiny. She's teeny tiny, but she, you know, she's got a very sort of athletic and gymnastic fighting style which shows off what... Which you know uses her flexibility and her and her speed. She also has a life. Like uh, she's not yeah. she's not a pusher. She's not a pimp. She's not someone who protects prostitutes. All the other adaptations or whatever. Um, she's working in this club to make as much money as she can. Although it's implied, whilst also yeah. robbing places. Like she's definitely stealing. It's implied her mother was a sex worker. It's implied her mother was a sex worker her friend, and her, her friend. Her friend. Yeah. Well, Zoe, uh. Zoe Kravitz <laughs> has been saying in the press and the interviews a lot this week. Yeah. Selena's bisexual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She and Bruce Matt have Reeves a moment, and at the end, there's obviously very much an unrequited love kind of thing. Of we oh, should probably yeah, spend more time together, but we're not gonna. Yeah, yeah. But she keeps referring to her her flatmate as baby. Yeah, and it's like, which which then really hits hard when she finds her in the back of the yeah. car at the dock because you realise she's looking at her dead girlfriend, which it hits even harder when you hear her die later oh. on. Um, there was a couple of John Turturro's fucking mm. terrifying in this man. And it's because of how casual he is. Yeah. It's because of how relaxed and calm he is. Yeah. Um, it also made me realise that Carmine Falcone slash Falcone has had more appearances in Batman movies than Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze. Because it, 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 it's, it's <laughs> That's like so weird when you think about what's, it. What's the easy thing to do in a Batman movie if you don't if you want to keep it relatively grounded? Gangsters. True. True. So uh, always yeah, cause, gonna go cause, gangsters. Because we have Falcone, Falcone in Batman Begins. We've yep. got this version. Yep. Maroney. Uh, I don't know if Maroney... Yeah, Salvatore, Salvatore Maroney's fucking Eric Roberts yeah, yeah. in The Dark Knight. So we've had him in... Th- oh my God. Even though he doesn't make an appearance in this movie, Salvatore Maroney is like up there with the Batman villains used the most. Because yeah. we see him briefly in Batman Forever... Splashing the acid uh, in Harvey Dent's yeah. face. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? And Batman <laughs> it's really in the, weird. Batman in the courtroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's something that this one does brilliantly. By the end. Yeah. He's just in daylight. Yeah. In one of the only scenes in the movie where it isn't raining. Yeah. It's raining the whole. If you've got a weak bladder. Rain, rain. Go before the rain. film. Don't dr- bring a drink. <laughs> Like, it's once again, it's two hours and forty-seven minutes long. Yeah, it's a good two hours and forty-seven minutes, but it is still two hours and forty-seven minutes. But like, it's it's at the end, he's in broad daylight. Yeah, and the whole thing is, I yeah. need to be more. And you have him carrying that person who was who was in the attack, putting him on the the 
the stretcher to go up in the helicopter. And they don't want him to go. They don't want yeah. him to let go. And there's no word. I love how little he speaks as Batman. Robin Pattinson's very good. He's yeah. a very good actor. Like the um, whole the whole scene in 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 Nashton's apartment when he goes back and that cop who's like warm to him over the course. Oh yeah, of the, the movie. whole thing the whole thing with Martinez being like, oh, you can't come in, and then every what time a freak and all that yeah. at the beginning, and then and every then, time yeah. they encounter each other, he's he's like a little bit nice to him. Yeah, and it's like he starts to trust him a little bit more. And by that um, scene, it's the whole thing of like you can't touch that. Batman just looks at him. <laughs> And then he's just like, oh well, I guess I'm gonna join in. Yeah. And then he and then he has that moment. Helps him deduce where he, what's yeah, going he's on. looking at this tool and he's like, it's a. I can't remember what. what Carpet thinks like my dad used yeah. to. He's got a business. It, it's his, yeah, it's his, it's like he's his cousin or something. He's a carpet yeah. fitter. And he's like. Okay. And then like, suddenly, oh shit! Like, tears up the carpet. Tears up the carpet. Finds the final yeah. clue. Um, Riddler, the massive incel. Oh, he is not it. They. Oh, he is. God. He's a, he's a proper little. Um, shitty little keyboard warrior boy. Yeah. Um, they, With these 500 they, followers. They legitimise... Well, not legitimise. They make you empathise with why he is where he is in his life. You definitely do feel sorry for him when you get the full picture of what he's been through, mm. but you do not for one second side with him. You are like, no, this guy needs putting away. He's hurting people. He's killing people. And all because he wants to be like, I made a point, there we go. And it's like, right, people died, now what? Well, the corruption's been exposed. Mate, we always knew it was here. <laughs> you started hurting people. Like, yeah. And the, the fact that the whole thing of bring the rat into the light yeah, was literally just get Falcone, Falcone, out the front of that club. Yeah. Because they do make a lot of effort in the film later on to show you like the mobsters leave out of a different door yes. that's like downstairs in the parking garage. Yes. So there's less of a clear shot. Whereas the apartment that Edward lives in is sniper range to the front of the club. And as which, soon as as soon as Falcone is out front, takes the fatal shot. Which that on would have worked out yeah. if it had checked the angle of all the photos. Yeah. They're all the same angle. Yeah. That you see him take the shot from later. That's the thing, he lo- he overlooks some things. Yeah. And that's what's kind of wonderful, is it's like Batman has the potential to be the world's greatest detective. Which is great because when Cobblepot just says it. Refers to Batman and Gordon's like, whoa, world's greatest detective. Yeah, it's great. It's like, there we go. Um, (laughs) Oh, look at you two. Detective comics. (laughs) 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 Like, like there's some things he overlooks and it's like, this Batman is not quite there yet. And what I love about that is, they're saying, this Batman is not fully formed. Yeah. What is this Batman? He's a revenge machine who's sullen and won't take any help from anybody yeah. and he's all about punching and beating people to an inch of their life. By the end of the movie he realises I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. What am I doing? They are basically saying to you folks if that's all you want from Batman grow up. There's more to this character than that and we're going to explore it. Um, and I really hope they do because it's yeah. such a hopeful ending. Yeah, it it's is. It's so hopeful. We've got a hopeful ending in a Batman movie. That him and Alfred reconciling. Yeah. That was really upsetting to watch, the fact that most of their scenes, they just Bruce was so like, you are a function. Yeah. Like, he doesn't treat him less than a person, but he's like, I know what you're going to say and I don't care. Yeah. It, There's it, no partnership. Not, and that's, yeah. that's kind of sad, because even, even in the Burton movies, like, and, and, and you know, especially in Batman Forever, yes. like, Alfred and Bruce in those three films... It's a partnership. Like yeah. Bruce is on a mission, Alfred's assisting him, they work together. The Nolan movies nail it with the Bale, yeah. Bale and Kane versions of those characters. Um, 
even Jeremy Irons gets a bit of that in the, the DCEU stuff so far. There's very much a, a thing of <laughs> he he smacks Bruce around the head a bit. He's like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Um, fans of Gotham have also said, like, you know, the, the Bruce and Alfred relationship on that show yeah. is a lot closer to kind of what you imagine it to be. Yeah. And and this film didn't have that. And I was like, oh, this is really jarring. And then you get through that thing where you realise that, dude, he really cares about you. Yeah. He cares the hell, I cares the absolute heck out of you and wants to look after you, not just because he feels he owes it to your mum and dad, yes, but because he can see what path you're going down and he doesn't want that to happen. I also love the way that Alfred kind of j- joyfully helps him decipher clues, but almost has to do it away from Batman. Like, Bruce has to s- stumble across the breakfast table to see Alfred working on the cipher to accept that Alfred's yeah. helping him because he's like, oh God, you've done loads of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good, there we go. Um, the Batcave is an, a disused train underground train station under Wayne Tower. Yeah. But it still feels like a cavern. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great like, touch. I mean, it, 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 it is using like more quote-unquote grounded industrial and urban design, mm. but exaggerated in a similar way to the Burton movies. Yes. Where it just feels bigger and more gothic and slightly heightened. Mm. Um, the, the Batcave's a great example of it. The Batmobile. Um, Can we fucking talk about oh. that beautiful monster? Oh! This nasty-ass muscle car. Oh, it debuts, just sounds dirty. Debuts, like, around the hour 50 minute mark well, you see it in the background you see it under, under the tarp under the tarp yeah and ne- just... never see it out full and you see bits of it like he's yeah. working on the engine and then at the at, oh my god at the dock scene where, where they, they essentially get the proof that the drop drug operation is still happening yeah. and cops are involved and Falcone must be involved because Penguin's here overseeing it yeah. and they're also here to dispose of the body of Catwoman's girlfriend yeah. and like they're firing at him, they're firing at him, they're firing at him. Batman manages to sneak away and this fucking roar from the alleyway. Yeah. It, the Batmobile's introduction is like a fucking monster showing up in a yeah. horror film. And, what, and the thing is, it's not the most monstrous looking version of the vehicle. No. It's, it's probably the most, in live action, the most believable interpretation of it since the 66 yeah. movie. It's, it, and it's very similar to the 66 Batmobile and it is a, ba- a, a, a modified muscle car. Yeah. And it looks brilliant. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. And it, it, purrs, it purrs like a fucking dragon. Yeah. It, oh, and the fact that the chase on the highway, I, I, really, I really, I really want to know, I really want to know, was any of that practical? Was some of it practical? Was most of it practical or was none of it practical? Because this movie uses CGI very sparingly yes. to essentially mask things. Uh, there's a couple of shots that like Lucy pointed out, the bit where Selena goes down the fire escape. She went, that's a bit CGI. I didn't it? twig that. I didn't twig it either, but obviously in terms of how it was practically achieved, I can buy that, yeah, that probably was just a CGI yeah. effect. Um, but you could, because the this film is so beautifully stained in dark blues and oranges and browns, the the highway chase, which is mostly orange because of the street lamps, could have been completely CGI. And you'd never know. Excuse me. Mm. Because like your T-Rex in the shadow and the rain in Jurassic Park, if you light a CGI scene well enough, it's really not obvious. There's a reason why that Black Mirror episode with the robot dogs roaming the countryside and Maxine Peake uh, being in it 
is in black and white. And it's because the robot dogs are all CGI and they just looked better once they made it black and white. Yeah. Once they made it black and white, they looked brilliant. Mm. In colour, a little bit off. <laughs> so they made it black and white and then it immediately works. Same with this. I wouldn't be surprised if the car chase was mostly, if not all, CGI. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, what else? No, uh, no, no. Hello, Minnie. Minnie's coming to remind us. Oh, she's just jumped right up. Bless <laughs> her. Uh, there's a lot of subtle prosthetics in this movie. Yeah. S- on Selena and Bruce. On, on, on Alfred. On Riddler. Yeah. Uh, on uh, obviously there's a lot of them on Colin Farrell, but like there's there's scars on his yeah. face. That, that, there's scars in this film tell a story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the scars that'll be left on that fucking thug at the train station oh. will definitely tell a story. The scars on Bruce's back. Yeah, oh, well, these hints that yeah. Batman's been around for two years. Some of the stuff you can assume Batman's been fighting has also probably happened in the last two yeah. years. Those thugs on the train at the beginning, they are wearing white skull makeup with clown smiles on. Yeah. One of them, and I, I think this is more just a nod, one of them is half a painted face. Well, he's And I the don't new think that's one. a two-faced nod. I think it's a... Yeah, he's, it's the, a, he's, he's the new member. He's, it's clearly some kind of gang initiation that yeah. he doesn't quite go through with and then Batman... But the fact that it's halfway down yeah. is a... Okay, yeah. I see what you're doing. But, like, those guys, they're in skull clown makeup. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, Interesting. because who do we meet later on? Or not quite meet? Uh, Druig. <laughs> Barry Keen. Yeah, um, is... is Plays a mystery Arkham inmate who has a little chat with Riddler towards the end of the movie. And, you know, he's an odd person, but he mentions being a clown and then he starts to laugh. And laugh. Mm. And laugh. Um, And it's a proper sort of, like, um, giddy chuckle. Yeah. Um, You know what? You see just enough of his face to see that he's got a very, very pale complexion, but it's orange wash, so you can't tell if he's bleached white or just really pale. Looks like he's sporting some uh, facial scars around his mouth that are exposing his teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've mentioned that the design of the unnamed Arkham prisoner is based on, like, the man who laughs. Yeah. Like, you know, the the, um, thingy... I can't remember the bloody name of the I know the director one. Yeah, now, but yeah. the movie that the Joker's appearance in originally yeah. was based Conrad on. Veidt. That's Conrad Veidt, yeah. yeah. Um, which, in that, it's less it's less uh, disfigured scars. It's more the rictus grin is just yeah. constantly on his face. Obviously, if you've got, like, skin or lip removed around that area, you would have a constant grin on yeah. your face. Um, he's got, like, Brian Boland Joker hair. Yeah. Like, it's a big sort of quiff, and, and you can see that it's either a, a green or a powdery bluey green in yeah. the light. Um, only scene in the movie that was unnecessary to me. Like, I don't mind it because, oh, we're going to keep telling stories. Yeah. But also, you and, know and we're going to get Joker. Well, they've also said that he's not the Joker will not be the antagonist of the second film. Because mm. he's going to be the antagonist of the third film. I don't, see, I, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I think you do? I think you do what Ledger wanted to do with Dark Knight Rises. I think you just have him be a part of the makeup well, of Gotham. there was a scene in an early version of the script. Yes, uh, when, which... when Edward first comes to... Arkham, right? No, no, no? It's, it's while Batman's working on the case. Right, okay. There's a yeah. scene in which Silence of the Lamb style, he goes to Arkham to consult with Joker. Right. On the case. To get so, his, to get I guess they, I guess they tr- streamlined it so they wanted it to be yeah. more. No, this is all Eddie's, all Eddie's brainchild. This point. No, 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 Batman. Oh! Batman goes to Arkham, right. Silence of the Lamb style. 
Okay. And talks to Joker about it. I guess there must have been more of a connection that he might have had to it, maybe. I mean, mm. the implication... The fact that Joker is in Arkham State Hospital... Means that he's already... They've already fought. They've done something already. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. Um, yeah. Because it, it's sort of the makeup of the... If, if, the reason why I didn't hate it as a scene is because it felt like a scene that would just happen in a Batman comic. Exactly. Where, like, the new villain ends up getting admitted to Arkham or whatever, and down the hall he's like, first time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, and you just yeah. sort of go, oh, there we go, he's one of these, join the rogues gallery. And it, and it, it's, sort of, it's, like the yeah. Riddler, it's like the Riddler has joined the rogues it gallery. It makes it feel like it's a, we're coming into an established Batman. Yeah. Which we are. <laughs> we, asked him, we asked his permission first. He was very thankful. But yeah, it, it, it's, I don't mind that at all. Um... Yeah, I. It's the only scene where you could have taken it out, and the movie would have been unchanged. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a nice little tag. The more exciting prospect to me, though, isn't oh the Joker might get involved next time. The more exciting prospect to me is how is he going to now be a symbol of hope? Hmm. Like, are we gonna see? Are we gonna see like aesthetically? Are we gonna see more colors within the costume? Maybe. Are we going to have more scenes of him in daytime? Is the next movie going to be set more at winter? So it's like blaring whites and blues instead of dusky oranges and the browns of like you know the city at night. Um, are we gonna, uh, uh, you know, have have a Batman that is more publicly uh, uh, visible? I I I, think... I wouldn't hate that because then he still can play. Because that's the thing as well. The start of the film it's like the signals uh, not not just a was it a calling for to me? It's yeah. a warning. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, hardcore Batman scribes and, yeah. and lovers would go, it's also meant to be like a symbol of hope yeah. to the people of the city that don't worry he's on the case. Yeah. It can also be a symbol of to shit up the criminals. Yes. It shouldn't just be that. Yeah. So the fact this film ends the way it does, I I can imagine this Batman, Batman returns in it and just being like, yeah, I'm just going to pull the Batmobile up in the middle of a skirmish and deal with criminals in front of everybody. It feels... Like, why not? It feels, I, can operate, I can operate in the shadows, but I can also just show up and save people. It feels like what they're setting up, though, is a move towards Bruce Wayne being the more public part of it. Because there is the whole subplot in this with Bella, yes. the mayoral candidate, wanting to when work I, I with Bruce. Actor, she's like 24, 25. Yeah, she's yeah. super young. Yeah. My God, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Welcome. There's a lot of great actors in this of yeah. all sorts of ages and, and shapes and sizes and styles and everything. It's, and it's lovely it's to see very, them all. Yeah, it's good. But like, yeah, when I looked up, I was like, my God, well done. Congratulations. Um, You've played the mayor in a Batman movie hey. in your 20s. Um, Last mayor in a Batman movie, you remember? <sighs> Mariah Carey, Lego Batman movie. And she's Batman in disguise. She's not even the mayor. Because remember, she unmasks at the oh power plant God. and it's Batman. Before the, before the whole um, the, the metal sequence begins. Da 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 da. Who never skips leg day? Um, Batman. Uh, <laughs> Who always pays his taxes? Not Batman. Um. <laughs> shut up. God, I want to watch that again now. Shut it's up. So good. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I think. Because there's that whole subplot with her trying to engage Bruce. Yeah, like your parents used to do so much the, great yeah, work for this town. Like work with me, help me. And now we and it. now we learn that like they weren't shit. Because I was a bit worried about that. Batman: The Telltale series, the yeah. first series of the game, told a story where it turns out the Waynes were actually involved in organized crime. Yeah, they weren't like the hot the hot shots, head honchos, but they were involved and they they overlooked a lot of things. Yeah, and they collected money for a lot of things. Yeah. And um, the whole point of that is Lady Arkham shows up, the character who's basically here to expose corruption in Gotham. Oh, sounds similar. And I was worried that this was doing that too. No, it just reveals that to protect his wife and his his son, 
from from scrutiny. A wife who it turns out we learn that Martha Wayne had a troubled history of, of mental health episodes and, and, and that landed her in a version of Arkham State Hospital yeah. on numerous occasions. We also learn in this version that she is an Arkham. So they set that up. Um, so it's this whole thing of like, yo, it's kind of tragic. Obviously, the idea of this family set up an institute to help care for people yeah. in its heyday and the most notorious famous inmate recently has been like the daughter of the legacy and isn't this bad. Mm. He makes a choice to try and get that from being ignored and not leak out to everybody to protect his wife and child, not to protect his political campaign. Yes. So he's a good man who makes a tough decision in a difficult time that unfortunately is the first domino that leads to his death. Yeah. Um, the criminal underworld and, and the corrupt police taking over the drops operation. And yeah, I was so happy the Waynes didn't turn out to be scumbags. Yes. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Um, it was an, it was, but, it, but also they weren't scumbags, but they weren't like uber pure paragon paragons. And Bruce kind of realizes yes. that over the film that what I'm doing is not exactly angelic. Yeah. Or the right thing to do at all, is it? I'm beating people half to halfway to fucking death. Like from <clears throat> some for minor crimes. Like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, uh the sort of the very James Bond seventies James Bondian uh romantic motorcycle ride at the end where the two motorcycles like drive through the cemetery and then hit that point at the gate and Selena who again I love that Catwoman's out there. This town isn't for her. She needs to get the fuck out of Dodge. She might come back and she leaves Gotham. So maybe she'll go to Bloodhaven. She does say that. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a few little name checks here and there. Yeah. Uh, Edward Elliot is a journalist, yep. not, not a doctor, yep. uh, whose career was uh, ruined because he's the one who got hold of the information about the Waynes. Um, as the Riddler points out, uh, paid hush money and the word hush stays up in the montage for a second. And you're like, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are we going to meet Tommy at some point? Maybe. Maybe. We've left it open that that can happen. Uh, Blood Bloodhaven. Um, yeah. Uh, God, what else? There's a few things that got name drops and I'm having a moment. I don't know. I mean, uh, Riddler's constant use of rats might be a nod to the rat, cat rat catcher, maybe, because they're obviously used a lot. He does like his rats, doesn't he? Yeah, and it, we realise later it's because they used to fucking nibble at the kids in the orphanage's fingers at night. After yeah. the place started to break down and no one was looking after it. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that orphanage ends up being um, a sort of hot house for Batman villains. Could be, universe. yeah. Yeah. Like, um, let's talk about the certificate. Yeah, so this... This, this is a 15. It's a 15. It was a 12A to a point. I think it sits better as a 15. Absolutely. Yes. It's not... Again, comparison... Batman 89. It's not massively explicit, but... It's implication. It's not bloody, but it's incredibly violent. Yes. Great description. Um, it's not bloody, but it's violent. And the, violent, yeah. the violence has weight. Mm. Um, this is a oh, scary the Batman. the entire sequence at the, the funeral service at the church oh, with, wow. uh, with Coulson and the bomb yeah. stuck to his neck. Like, horrifying. Um, Proper horrifying. Yeah. When it says strong threat in the certificate at the start of the We movie, sort of jokes a little bit. We're like, yeah, oh, like, right, study on. Strong threat language. Uh, no, there is strong threat. It is. This, this is intense. In a, in, not in a, like I say, not in a graphic way, but in a in a tonal way. In a atmosphere way. Mm. Um, 
The, this isn't for kids. It's not for kids. It's not um, for kids. Like, Batman 89 is a 15 certificate. Yes. If you watch it now, you might go, it's more of a 12, really. But that's more to do with how sensibilities and times have changed. Yes. For a Batman movie existing right now in this moment, this is a 15. I, yeah, I think 15 Absolutely. Is right it's an R rating. It. It's a fi- Well, I think it's PG-13 in America. Yeah. But it's, it's like a well, hard it's, PG-13. It's one of those PG-13 in the States is one of those over here that can go 12A or can go 15. Yeah. Depending on the movie. A couple things can tip it um, one way or the other. Yeah, because a lot of like PG-13 horror films in the States are 15s over here. Um, but again, as far as Batman movies go, is this the most violent? I, I'd say so. Yeah. Considering like the punches in Batman v Superman are like him punching Superman, and it's not really well even, even, even seen compare, off or felt in the way where you go, oh, that's real violence, and I'm scared by this. Compare something like the 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 warehouse fight in BVS to this. Like, the warehouse fight is you know very impressive and stuff, but it feels a bit weightless. Whereas this, the, it's a bit the, more, it's a bit more video game, yeah. in both good and bad ways. Yes, yeah. But this, he's fucking wailing on these people. Um, I mean, we see one of those shots in the first trailer. Yeah, the bit where he just grabs the guy, just punch, 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 crack his arm, punch, well, punch, it, yeah, punch, it's, punch, it's, punch. It's, You're like, yeah. oh my god! And you don't see the punches connect. No, it's all from behind the guy, and then he's out of frame. You feel it. Yeah. Oh god, do you feel it? Yeah. It's just, it's just the way, and again, the way that this Batman is set up as just completely unstoppable. Yeah. Like whatever you throw at him, he just keeps coming. Mm. He's got that great moment towards the end where he's, he's, you know, he's cut the power and he's going to um, Falcone's uh, sort of penthouse, and it's that wonderful corridor fight which is lit solely by the, the muzzle flash of the gun and muzzle yeah. flash of the guns and the spark of the bullets as they bounce off his armor mm. and he's just taking these dudes apart yeah i also love just again there's a lot of repetition in this film yes there's, there's a lot of um uh like you know uh, doing things in in threes and seeing yes. where the result goes one of my favorite ones being the club Yes. Which is the uh, knock on the door the first time is Batman. Yeah. Do you know who I am? With the twins. They don't let him yeah. in so he beats the fuck out of him and yeah. gets in the club. Second time is Bruce Wayne talks to Falcone and he's like, do you, do, you know, do you know who I am? Yeah. And the twins are like, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. And they let him in. And then the third time, knock on the door, one of them opens it, there's no one there, they step out to see who did it and him in his hoodie and all of his gear just fucking sneaks past him. Into yeah. The, into the and club. closes the door. Closes the door. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, I yeah, I like the fact that he that he sort of goes around incognito, fighting goes where he needs to be, gets into the costume, and mm. then does his thing. Like I like that. It's very. He's not patrolling the rooftops. No, he's patrolling in the crowd. Yeah, sees something that makes him go uh, red flag, goes into an alleyway, changes. Yeah, yeah, and it's clearly an outfit that he's that he's made that he can get it on and off quickly. Yeah, and, and the, I mean when he glides, even like he has a cape. But when he glides, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wingsuit. Yeah, it's really neat. Which, which you can see, like, oh, as he develops, he'll probably develop a glider version. But it's also it's like why the, his cape you know. is, is sort of thick the way it is and ribbed the way it is, is because it's part of the wingsuit. Yes. Yes. Oh, like, God. And, 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 and I love the collar on the cape. Boot. There's a lot I of, love the collar the on the collar's cape. The great. There's a lot of emphasis on boots in this film. Oh, big boots. Boots get a close up. holster for his grapple gun. Yeah. Just it just but just as a, just as a just as a, a signal signifier of like what kind of character you're dealing with in their style like Selena's yeah. boots are used as a plot point for identification yeah the but beard, then there's lots the of shots of the way she kind of like heels, sneaks yeah. around things yeah. or like climbs up stuff 
And same with Batman, just like that, the sound of him. Yeah. The, the him emerging from the shadows is a couple well, of moments yeah, in the film like, where you that, just hear that thud. It's that intimidation thud. factor, isn't it? Thud, yeah. And He's that sweet. wide shot of that, that first uh, tunnel entrance at the train station. Yeah. And he kind of, it's sort of like, he looks a bit dorky, but it's an intimidating shot. Because if that stepped out of the shadows, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And the thugs all kind of like go, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Except for the young one who you can tell has heard already yeah, about this he thing. Is and he is himself. Terrifying. I mean, the guy who he saves at the beginning yeah. of the movie is like, please don't hurt me. And Batman yeah. just kind of looks at him and then moves on. Yeah. At the end, you've got the little girl, the young woman, holding on to him, well, he, not wanting to let go. And you can see that progression. You can see he's gone, the fuck am I doing? Again, like, Gotham things, doesn't deserve this version of me. Things coming in threes. Yeah. You see him, he sees the mayor's son. That's my... After yeah. after, after yeah. he's ma- murdered, and there has that moment with him, that sort of eye contact with him as he's, as he's leaving the crime scene. He then sees him again the at the funeral, funeral as Bruce. And then one and last saves time. Him, yeah. And then... In last time when he's in the rubble in Man- and, Madison and, Square, I mean in, Gotham, in Gotham Square, Square Garden, Garden, and he's and he's and he obviously he's pulling out the rigging to hit. Everyone's kind of frightened out. of this dude. He, he reaches his hand out, and the first person to take his hand is the boy. Yeah, um, that boy being that was the origin story. Yeah, like that kid yeah. was the you guys know it. We're just going to let you know that he's thinking back on yes. it now. So favorite moments or shots in the movie? I can say my favorite three off the top of my head. Absolute favorite shot is the first time he locks eyes with the mayor's son. Yeah, that is my absolute favorite shot in the apartment. He's just observed the body. The kid's being consoled in the bedroom. Like one of the cops is sort of talking to him. The mother's like in the corner, spoke speaking to a cop and everything. Yeah, and he just locks eyes with the boy, and Batman just stands there looking at him for a moment. And you can see that he's just reliving in his head the night his parents were taken from him. And even though he may not be thinking it, it's a reminder of why he does what he does and why it began. And he stood there and he doesn't say a word and he doesn't move and he's crying. Yeah. Like Batman has just got flat out, just big old fucking rivers yeah. in the bottom of his eyes and it just kind of lingers. And you don't even get to the point where like a tear comes down or anything. It's just watery his yeah. eyes. He just stays there and then he follows Gordon out. And I love that because I was like, can you imagine any recent Batman director, not naming any names, but one in particular, obviously, who would have the balls to be like, I'm going to let him cry in the suit on camera. He's 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 the most vulnerable Batman we've ever seen. Like, he looks, out of the suit especially, he looks fucking exhausted. Kind of frail. Like, Like fit, but breakable. He's, like, he's he's a slender, much slender, much more slender than the, uh, like, clearly in shape, but much more slender than Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. I mean, Keaton even had some, a bit of muscle definition. You could believe that he was physically kind of... Oh, fucking Pattinson has in this, like, when you see him. Oh, true, true. But he's also, like, he's probably the skinniest looking Batman Um, um, in the, out of these sort of adaptations. And the kind where you look at him and you go, yeah, I believe why. I, I yeah. get why you're wearing a metal bulletproof like um, chest piece. But he's in. But you know, he's in this loose clothing. He's got this lank hair. He's pale. Massive eye bags. Yeah, like, he looks. And, and the makeup. Can we please acknowledge they finally just go? Yes, yeah, he wears eye makeup. Makeup under the. Under Not only that, thing. he's going to apply it all the fucking time. Yeah. And you're gonna see it running down his face all the fucking it's time. A good, it's a great look. It's, it's a look. looks really good. Uh, this Crispin Glover looking Batman over yeah. here. Um, 
Uh, my second favourite shot is Dano after you realise the Riddler's plan isn't finished after he's jailed. Yeah. And all the vans blow up against the seawall. Yeah. And you just see the shot of him in his in his like let's face it cell yeah. at Arkham looking out through the window and you can't hear him through the glass and he's just going boom yeah. every time one of them goes off and he looks so happy. Poor he looks Dino's so happy. So fucking good in this. He's so believably like unhinged. Yeah. I, you you yeah. almost feel bad for him for a moment, and then you realize no, this this guy is dangerous. He's so fucking dangerous, and, well, he, yeah. and he knows he's being willfully dangerous. He isn't doing this thinking no one's going to get hurt except no. the people he wants to hurt. He knows people he are going to die. Ins- he, he... So much so, he's recruited a bunch of fucking yeah. incels with Macklin film masks and fucking rain max and guns. The third it's... act is a militia yeah. made out of Riddler's Twitter followers. It's 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 so I never saw that Listen, coming. It's so hot, it's so right now. It's so sexy, it's, it's so right now, it's yeah. practically tomorrow. <laughs> um, um it's yeah, it's oh. really clever. And the mir- and again, mirroring in this film. Mm. When when the when Batman beats the shit out of that dude and then the police ask him who he am and he says, I'm vengeance. Yes. And he that's the moment when Batman's like, oh fuck. I'm I'm the bad guy. Yeah, I'm putting out the wrong, yeah, the wrong idea here. And the fact that it's 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 the it's the, the same guy, the guy he talks to the, at the at the cathedral. Yeah. Oh god, they cast a lot of really distinct looking yeah. actors in this. And by distinct, I'm not saying they cast a bunch of ugly actors. I mean people with interesting yeah, faces. Yeah. Pattinson and like Kravitz included. Yeah. yeah, beautiful people. The whole cast of beautiful people. Jeffrey Wright, Stone Cold Fox. Jeffrey Wright, baby. Everyone in this has a very distinct profile. Yeah. Even Farrell, who is a Hollywood fucking handsome sex pot is under Toby Jug yeah. style prosthetics. Toby Jug! He does look you know like I mean? a Toby Jug, yeah. Like, make one yeah, of his bigger and hollow it and you could pick him up and drink coffee yeah. out of his head. And maybe you should. <laughs> um, Penguin Bovril. Um, you know, it's just, it's, they, they do that on purpose because everyone has a flavour. No one is a uniform person. You are not making a tie-in promotional Barbie doll yeah. collector's edition thing to go with this. No one looks like that. Do you know what I mean? No one is completely like, here is the archetypal Hollywood, handsome, gorgeous, beautiful, glamorous, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, everyone in it is gorgeous in their own way and everyone is, you know, especially the characters that have like moments where like romance and sex appeals part of it. Batman and Catwoman, of course, that is played up in the film. Um, I'm not saying people in this aren't attractive. What I'm saying is everyone is very distinct looking. Kravitz yes. has a distinct yes. profile. Pattinson has a distinct profile. Circus, obviously, Circus has got a very distinct profile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they really lean into it so that your smaller characters are memorable. You remember them. Peter Skarsgård's like, you know, Gil Colson even. Like, he's the only character up to that point really we encounter. He's like clean-shaven, shaved head, wears lighter colours... So he stands out. You you remember what he looks like. So when he shows up at the church, gaffer taped into a fucking uh, phone uh, call and bomb collar, yeah. you're like, oh, it's him. Um, the previous commissioner, distinct voice, yeah. distinct yeah. look. The 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 um the the uh, oh god, what's the one who's higher than a commissioner? Fucking, I don't know, but the one that Con O'Neill plays when he rocks up, very distinct. Oh yes, look, yeah. Sort of looking like he's the chief. He's the chief. He's the chief. Sort of looking like a strict um compassionless version of what we assume Gordon looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with the Gordon we all have in our heads. There's Con O'Neill dressed as him but in yeah. a chief's jacket and he's a dickhead. Yeah. 
like he's not listening to anything, any reason. He's just like, this is a vigilante, we'll get this sorted. But in the Con O'Neill's distinctly wonderful um, American accent with that lovely northern tone underneath yeah, with yeah. his lovely hoarse whisper voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, just... Very good. It's very good, e- every- it? Everyone is distinct. Yeah. Um, the, the way the way Totoro looks as Falcone, it looks like you just ripped him out of, of uh, Tim Sale's illustrations in, in yeah. Long Halloween. Just that little moustache. Right down to him getting the fucking scar on his face. Yeah. Albeit briefly. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets it. And my third favourite shot in the whole movie is during the chase when the Batmobile's absolutely fucked and there's all that wreckage in front of him and he's driving toward the flame and he notices part of the truck is at the perfect angle of a ramp. Yeah. And you cut the cobble pot driving away at the other side. And this car just... Lo- Again, yeah. this dragon emerges from the flames. It is like... That, that great... It is like being chased down by an animal. Mm. It's, it's, and it's not a smooth or graceful no. launch through the flame. It looks... The landing looks messy. Yeah. But it's also a vehicle that does not stop once it lands. But it's it's a lot it's a lot more gentle than Cobblepot's landing. <clears throat> yes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh! That whole shot. That whole sequence, oh, man. just every, from 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 the from when the Batmobile, uh, I mean, the GoPro style shot of him yeah. gliding. There's so many interesting yeah. shot choices in this. Yeah, but oh, gliding down and then fucking his wingsuit and his parachute, and then fucking tanking it because his parachute gets caught. Yeah, and he just <clears throat> tumble, 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 and he's just, and then he's just yeah. got that moment where he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the fact that that injury to his arm sticks around, because yeah, yeah. later on, like that's the arm that gives him so much trouble during the fight with all the thugs on the gantry mm-hmm. at the arena. Um, the one that hurts him so much, he nearly passes out from the pain, yeah. and can't save Selena, so hits the adrenaline, which, like you hinted, it's probably venom. It's probably venom, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably venom. Like he's left enough. Reeves has left enough little avenues yeah. that aren't like oh oh, but if you want to, you can yeah. use them. The mention of Edward Elliot. Yeah, he's given himself room to work. And, and Elliot, yeah. who has legitimate grievance against the Wayne family, yeah, just like his son probably will do. Yeah, like you know, uh, uh, the Joker exists. Yeah, and he's his role in this essentially is just like, you know what, you're pretty fucking great. Well done, you. They're gonna remember because that's the Riddler's thing. Yeah. He's like that everyone's gonna forget you, and he's like, no, he's having a proper tantrum like a yeah. toddler, and then the Joker's like, oh god, now everyone's gonna remember you. And hey, you also got a friend out of it. So basically, I'm encouraging this behaviour. If another person shows up in the cell next to you, oh, look, it's a DA and half his face is melted. He killed a few people. Don't worry about it. You're going to do even more work. It's going to be amazing. Even if the Joker's never a main villain, but he cheerleads everybody into creating this atmosphere in Gotham. Then he's done the Joker job for a moment because I couldn't see because I couldn't see the face. You thought it was Two Face. I did think it was Two Face. Because it's the left side of his face. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's fu- oh, his face off. Oh, no, all his faces. I mean, they've, cle- yeah, they've yeah. cleared the way for a DA. Yeah. Gil Colson gets killed. Yeah. There's a DA opening. Yeah. Um, so just all these little seeds that aren't phoned in, uh, sorry, aren't phoned, aren't telegraphed, but they're just there. Yeah. It Stuck feels it organic. Green adrenaline shot. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Um, and I take one of them will be him tanking it when he his glider and the parachute fucks up and he crashes. Yeah. Because in the next movie or the third installment, you're going to see him make a similar glide with like an improved cape. Yeah. And he's going to yeah. fucking nail it and he's going to look brilliant. Well, this is, it's a relatively low... <coughs> probably save scene. a baby from a tree or something. Yeah. <laughs> like as he does it. And then be like, there you go. It's like In a, his blue and grey suit. It's a, yeah. mm. it's a relatively low tech suit. Or like a relative... Like... You know, it's, it looks all custom made. It's not sleek. Mm-hmm. It's not slick. 
Um, so it would be cool to see that sort of evolution of his technology as he goes through. I, I think um, I think as it goes on, the suit will simplify yeah. and become closer to the comic book archetypal look for Batman. I do, I do like a lot of the suit design. Like I love the sort of metal rods around the wrist. I love the look of the armoured torso section. I love the big combat pants and the boots. Mm. It's very year one. It's very um, uh, Earth one. Very Earth one. Yes. Yeah. And and if in the next one they'd like to put a little yellow finger around yeah. that symbol, I'd be very happy. Because yeah. don't shy away from it. It looks cool. It looks good. God damn it. It's a target as well. It attracts bullets it to the centre of his chest. Um, much like his sidekick in bright colours, because he's totally going to re-establish Wayne Manor as, as the orphanage again. Yeah. He's going to re- he's going to put his money into it. He's going to think it. And he's totally going to meet yeah. a recently orphaned Grayson. Like, like I was talking about earlier, yeah. I want to see a more active Bruce. I want to see him go take Voiced by this. Michael Sarah yes. with big yeah, goggles. Yeah, 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 there we go. It's like, oh, the kids will call me dick. Well, children can be very cruel. <laughs> <laughs> um... Is this the best Batman movie of of uh, say let's say the last ten years? I mean, me easily. Me personally, I Lego Batman movies still some I think I would revisit more often. I know obviously it's swings and roundabouts. One's a noir yeah, I mean, thriller it, movie. It could not be more. And the other one yeah. is a, a comedy family film action. Um, Take two movies about yeah. Batman and make them as different as possible. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so it's my personal um, preference. I think that's the one that I'm, I'm more likely to go like, oh, I love that one. So I, I'm but just, I'm just fuck generally, me, do I respect the hell out I'm of this I'm generally one. less comedy. I find it harder to revisit comedy than I do any other genre. Okay. Um, but your Batman can't fight off uh, the Eye of Sauron and the Kraken cool. and the Wicked Witch. You're a fish and you're a fish. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I, yeah. As far as like your live, yeah, it's a separate genre. As far yeah. as live action Batman goes, yeah. uh, in the last ten years we've had the Dark Knight Rises, and, ba- and Batman, Batman v Superman. I suppose would be the only other one. Pisses all over that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I probably prefer it to the Dark Knight. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. But I don't know. I, I still, I think for me, still the Dark Knight's probably just above it. But, it, this is just, but it, it's got, it's got more of what I like in the, the Batman thing, thing in that. The one. thing that this has that I, that I feel like was missing from the Nolan trilogy in retrospect is that gothic feel, like Gotham yeah. in. It's in the name. Yeah, Gotham in um, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises could be anywhere. It doesn't yeah, feel the, the whole thing in it, them shooting in like Chicago yeah. and everything, like Wall Street being in the, yeah. in the third it, one. It doesn't and... feel like a distinct, it doesn't feel like a character. In Batman in the Begins, way it, it feels a little more. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. you've got the narrows. Yeah. And they get rid of that at the end and uh, never go back there. Yeah. <laughs> so it just looks like an, another city. He relocates to a any... bright, shiny garage yeah. under a dock. It's too bright. And, and his apartment is all windows yeah. and, and looking out on the cityscape, a very normal looking cityscape. Yeah. Whereas this, this has a, yeah. this has that sort of heightened gothic uh, feel to it, which is for me feels is very Batman. Mm-hmm. That's Batman for me. Um, yeah, uh, and that that so it kind of splits the difference between Nolan and Burton in a in a way that sort of hits that sweet spot. I think. Okay. Um, and last week we talked about who's the best cinematic Batman. 
It's probably too early to say since we know that they want to do more with him. I'm giving two years up to, to, to our pass. I Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing if they go, this Batman's now got to craft a Bruce persona. Very good. Um, this Batman uh, is going to become a lot less... I work alone. Like he's about yeah. to, he's about to open up more and 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 be more hopeful as an outlook. I'm, I'm interested to see a Batman that's going to evolve. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I that, really hope he does. Yeah, I'll be very disappointed if they do another one of these and, and it's the, exactly and the, the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, because um, that kind of, especially if Matt Reeves is involved, which I mean it should be because that's what he's, what he actually wants to do. Um, it, it just if we want more of this, the world of this movie, it's coming. The Gotham. Yeah. Uh, City Police Department series yeah. is set uh, prior it's to the this. first year of it it's Batman Year One but from the police department yeah so that's there's more of that level um, of stuff organised crime they'll probably do a few Batman villains yeah. um, like that that's if you want more of that tone we've got that coming let the films evolve let the films go elsewhere yeah. and in the meantime we've got something that's going to be set after this movie too the Penguin series that they've commissioned Shit, yeah. Farrell has now, as of this week, reportedly signed on. Yeah, all right, cool. Because he wasn't signed on when it was pitched and greenlit. Cool. Um, so I guess he must have gone. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Narrow it down to three weeks shooting. I'll do three weeks of prosthetics, and then uh, I don't know. Dub the rest of it with someone else well, in the suit. From what I, from what I heard about that, <laughs> Pedro Pascal, he, he gets yeah, it's fine. Other people do it. And he dubs it. From what I heard, yeah, about but it's your that. face. Yeah, but it's under prosthetics. From what I heard about that, some of it's going to be prequel. So it's going to be flashbacks yeah. and stuff. So I mean, it, well, well, the re- reason why I thought it might... Oh, partially prequel, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so the, I was going to say, yeah. it said it's about his rise to power, and I'm like, surely that would be set after this, because it shows him solidifying so him. So I reckon it'll here. bridge the gap between this and the sequel, from Penguin's point of view. He's totally going to host a gala event in the next one, and he's going to have a top hat and tails. And, and it'll flash... <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if they do a bunch of flashback stuff where it's where he's in less prosthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Like a younger... Um, younger Oz... You are El Rada Lada, isn't it? <laughs> the website's up. And as the end, after the credits suggests, that website is up and you can look at it and you can talk to someone on the other end of it, folks. So go check it out. Um, fuck me, what else? Oh, yeah, the bubble looks fun. That trailer came out this week. Anyway, what did you lot think of the Batman? Just because we said Pedro Pascal, I just remembered. Oh, yeah, he's in that, isn't he? Did you see all that stuff? Yeah. Cliff yeah. Beast 6 and yeah, then yeah. the bubble. Oh, um, I also saw the, the, the trailer for the bullet train. That looks fucking great. That looks really good. That's supr- you can, do you remember I said it was a Deadpool 2 director? Yeah, you can kind yeah. of feel it. Yeah. But the concept is so brilliantly executed based yeah. on the trailer. And Brad Pitt just looks effortlessly fun yeah. in the lead. And a great supporting cast like Joey King, Brian yeah. Terry Henry. Um, I, think, I, I think Brad Pitt's one of those actors where he's actually got quite good comic chops. Yes, has been caught up in the leading man. Hugh Grant. Yeah. Same thing. Like he's yeah. finally embracing his destiny as a character actor. Yeah. It's just taking Daniel Craig. It's just taking him getting a bit older. Yeah. Getting away from movies on purpose for a bit, and then coming back and yeah. be like, "Hey, Guy Ritchie, what's this Michael Caine like character? Yeah, Can I play yeah. You know, hey, Paddington Two. You need a villain? Yeah. <laughs> I'm free. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Exactly. Same with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Like, but Bonoir Blanc has now sort of given him free reign to be like, um, and that, <laughs> that, and Logan Lucky before it kind of has made everyone go, oh god, he's a character actor. CSI KFC. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh heavens! Oh, you're great. Do you guys like the Batman? We want to know. 
we also are about to open a floodgate. Oh! Keep an eye on our social media because we'll give you some prompts over there. But next week, next week, we're going to chat about something that we're both lifelong fans of. Yes, but are reluctant to answer questions about spooning. And also, <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, if there's anything you've ever wanted to ask us, Doctor Who related, we are giving you permission. Yes. To do it. Yes. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. Yes. You can also at BigDamnCast on Twitter. Yes. And you can support us at patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. Believe me, it'll be worth it. Things are coming. But first off, I think it's about time we let you guys just ask whatever the fuck you want about Doki Who. Yeah. <sighs> Let's do it. After all, 298 down. Two, two, go. What? All right.